Welcome to the Best Picture cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself, and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who-should-have-won podcast. We are here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. We are destroyed. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email, which is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. You can get us on any of our social media accounts, at bestpicturecast, be it Twitter, be it Facebook, be it Instagram, be it Letterboxd. It's going to be at bestpicturecast. And we are back yet again, season four, rolling right along. We are going back to a uh, another classic here, another movie that's represented on the AFI Top 100 list, a favorite of many. Uh, it is a musical. It is a well-known musical. It is West Side Story. It's going to be a very fun conversation here today. And I have with me two people here who are certainly familiar with this movie quite a bit. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little intimidated myself here to talk about this, this, uh, this big this big movie and uh, with two people who are super familiar and super fond of it. And we'll start with a frequent voice here, Joey R. Joey, how we doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Happy to talk about this movie. It's been a long time coming, so it's, um, it's good that it's here. Yep, back yet, you're back yet again here. You've got a nice little run. You've been in a bunch of these here. You're trying to, get, uh, trying to cram a lot of these in, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, my wife's giving birth in a month, so trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Log as many uh, in as you can. And I would like to say next, I'm very excited to welcome back a co-host who has not been on this podcast for a little bit. You last heard her on the Braveheart episode... And I am just thrilled to have her back in the mix again for her second time on Best Picture Cast. She is Danielle. Danielle, welcome back. Thank you, Karen. I'm so glad to be back. And what a movie to be back for. I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You had to suffer through Braveheart, which is not, not your usual cup of tea. Well worth it. Yes. Right, if that gets you West Side Story. <laughs> we talk, we've been talking about this episode for a while here. I think this is originally supposed to be a season... Early season three? Yeah, like first part of season three. Yeah, I think maybe even we kicked around the idea like the end of season two. But yeah. uh, well, here we are, season four, a few episodes in. Joey, this is the fifth, fifth episode. So we're of, third way through season four already. Uh, that's right. And this is our, uh, as a podcast, our 98th release. Is that right? 98th release, Counting yes. everything that we put out, whether preview yep. episodes, Worst bonus Picture episodes. Cast, recap, bonus, everything. everything. 90, Nin- so. We have released 98 things. I'm that's, really proud of you guys. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you. It's uh, it Just is from the concept to what you've built it to. It's, it's really crazy fun to be a part of it. Yeah, you were you remembered us talking about it from the from the beginning here. Sure with, um, your husband, the mystery host of Shape of Water, which was supposed to be like episode eight. That's the ninety eighth Oscar movie we're going to cover. <laughs> we like to keep everyone on their toes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Mike N will be here at, at some point here, and we'll we'll talk Shape of Water. We'll have a grand old time. But until then. We have you have Danielle in here now and uh, talking. One of your favorite movies is it? Is that fair to say? Hands down, I would say it's probably a, a mixture between 
I go back and forth between this movie and uh, Sound of Music. Ooh. Oh, wow. Same director, too. It's tough. It's really tough to decide, and I see a lot of parallels and hope to discuss that tonight with you all. So. Well, that's great. You know, and any, any frequent listeners of Best Picture Cast know our thoughts on Sound of Music. This is a Sound of Music-friendly space here. Oh, sure. yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll call Artie in for that. That's right. Joey, you were on that Sound of Music <laughs> episode. Uh, and I, Danielle, I think we're back. You listened to that back in the day. It we're was just delightful. Yes, it brought it brought so much joy. <laughs> I think you were you were a little uh, a little surprised by Artie in that because Artie you knew was just the heel outside, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that's Artie's biggest face episode because he's not a musical guy at all here, and um, Sound of Music kind of opened his eyes a little bit to it. But then I think this will shut him his, down. <laughs> a testament to his wife. Yes, yeah. I Let's think uh, Asia credit. definitely um, twisted his arm a, a little bit there at that. But I don't think she had to that much because he really, he really did enjoy it. Yeah, so before I get to you, Joe, and, and kind of your uh, experiences with this movie, I want to remind everyone listening, please rate and review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, talk to any, any music lover you may know, friend or foe. They like movies. They like podcasts. Tell them about Best Picture Cast. We love a new listener. We love to hear feedback from you guys, please. Like I said in the beginning, but email us, get us on our socials. We have a big tournament coming up. We have our sub-50 tournament. I think by the time this drops, it'll either just have begun or it'll be starting in the next couple of days. Starting about two days after. Yeah, okay. So go go on to Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. That's where you're going to get to vote. Danielle, you participated in a tournament in the past before. You were part of our animation tournament, right? I sure was. Yes. Didn't... And that was a lot of fun. Yes. I went with my gut. The Land Before Time got gotcha. you. <laughs> the Land Before Time was one I was willing to be gotten on. That's fair. Yeah. It's it's very my heart. I thought it made it pretty far, considering... Yeah, that was one of the earliest movies I ever saw in theaters. It's a great movie. Time. Yes, so we have our sub-50 movie tournament called. We picked all sorts of uh, wacky bad Ooh. movies. Uh, we won't uh, tell you what they are here as we want you to listen to our draft episode. Our draft Unless preview. you listen on Twitter, because the Twitter, our, our draft was on, is on Twitter spaces. Yeah, you can go and check it out and, and on our feed and listen to how it went down live. That was a lot of fun. We'll get out and vote for that. And we'll have our horror tournament coming up soon, too. That's we do that every year. That should be fun. So there's a lot to get involved with here. Uh, do so on Twitter is usually your best, your best bet at Best Picture Cast and and all that. So we'll have links in the in the profile and all that. But before we get to introductions here to West Side Story, I want to ask, uh, what are we drinking here today? And we'll start with you, Danielle, because you uh, you made a great choice here for this. Well, thank you, Karen. I'm so glad you approved. I brought the Medaya Premium Light, low on calories. Nice, refreshing, effervescent, and most importantly, um, uh, indigenous to Puerto Rico. Absolutely, the Medalla, and uh, I have a vast history with the Medalla beers. <laughs> our, our buddy Tom used to live uh, in San Juan. He uh, moved there from, from Manhattan, lived there for about six years or so, and we went down and visited him a bunch, and Medalla is the beer down there, and this was before it made its way up to the States, so you really could only... You only knew so Medaya if you were if you were down. My husband ironically introduced me to the Medaya. Oh, I'm surprised there were any Her left. <laughs> visits to Tom, I'm sure as well. That's right. Yes, yeah. Me, me, and Mike have had many a Medaya. Um, and down there, they're kind of in like these little mini cans. I think it's like a ten ounce can or something like that. So you don't even know how much you're drinking. You're, you're on the beach and you're sweating half of it out. It's it's very similar to kind of like a like a Miller Light, I'd say, or a little very, better. Very definitely. light. Yeah, it's got a nice taste to it. Nice, though, good so beach beer. Yeah, Medaya of San Juan. So, Joe, what do you have? So every year, 
around this time I have a beer from this brewery. It's a Ship Bottom Brewery, Long Beach Island. It's a small brewery. Um, every year I go with my family. Actually, this year I was there with Danielle last year. She was there with her family, and Grant was there. We all happened to be there at the same time, so we were able to meet up, go to the brewery for a bit, go to the amusement park. So I have Ship Bottom. Um, it's the Shack IPA. It's a, it's a nice IPA, quite drinkable, cool can. Cool. I've never had that brewery before. i got to check that one out. It's I've never, there. I don't think I've ever been to Long Beach Island before. I've always, I have always see pictures from it all the time. It looks, looks great. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's awesome. Yeah, but, you know, I'm a beach guy, so yeah, it's, it's, awesome. it's an easy Wait, sell for me. It's about your speed. And listen, this time of year, we're at the end of summer here, and I'm a, I'm a big summer guy. I do love the fall. Everyone loves the fall, and, but I, I do like the heat, and I do like the summer, and I do like my summer beers, and this is the time of year where I have to I have to go down and get every last... You got a hoard. Uh, yeah, I got a hoard. I got to go out and get all the summer seasons because they're all about to disappear here. And there's, I'm not going to have a watermelon beer here for another several months. So I have to get all the watermelon I can. I have the Heller High Watermelon from the 21st Amendment Brewery from the uh, San Leandro, California. So it's a California beer. It's the 21st Amendment, the Heller High Watermelon. It's one of my favorites. I've had it a bunch on this podcast yeah. if you've listened before. No surprises there. It's a delicious beer, and I'm excited to. I would. I, I should have gone thematic. I should have gotten like a New York City beer or something. But we've done that a few times. Yeah, I, you know what? The K. I mean, the box has Statue of Liberty on it. it. There you go. So you know what? There you go, Joe. You tied it, and I love it. West Side Story, Danielle. I know that you said this is one of your favorites. What is your earliest memory of watching West Side Story? I've really thought hard about this in anticipation of speaking with you guys. I don't know. Mm. Like, it's just been part of my life. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, I've seen, like, many adaptations of it, you know, from, like, off-Broadway literal productions to um, Broadway adaptation that was, like, wildly different. It's just been a part of my life. I've loved the score when I was, you know formative years really had interest in choir and like always wanted to sing like Maria and so it's there's just something about it that's just really interwoven. Cool and I should mention too you're of Puerto Rican descent. I am. Very exciting that we have you uh, represented on this this episode here. And my husband is Polish. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Which growing up I never like even thought about their ethnic background, so... Wow, we have our own little so Best Picture cast West Side Story here. This Look is at great. us here. That's what we need. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see how that ties into Shape of Water, too. I don't know. That. <laughs> um, so, the I, so this is basically, oh, it's always been a part of your life. It's kind of... It's, Absolutely, it's, it's, and not just mine. I mean, my family's as well. My, my family did live, or, and does live in New York City, and my father grew up in Lower Manhattan around that time, really. And uh, uh, my mother in the Bronx, and they lived in these, like, very ethnic Puerto Rican communities. And so there's definitely always been an affinity towards anything that has any representation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) To have to hang on to a 1961 movie in, I guess, like, the 90s, like, that's crazy to think of now but it really wasn't at the time and so re-watching it as recently as this morning I view it so differently yeah that's cool that's I, awesome. I, anytime you have that with the movies is great when it's it's part of your youth it's part of your life you can't even remember when you saw it for the first time it just is but you can still watch it 
as an adult and have it not just be a replay. You right. can take new things out of it. And, and I think it meant a lot just to my family. I was speaking to my father earlier, and I'm sure we'll discuss it down the line, but he had seen the uh, most recent adaptation, and he absolutely is a loyalist to the original. Mm. And it's probably because it's nostalgic. Yeah, that and makes sense far. for sure. Yeah, especially, like you said, the way you grew up. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I, I'm sure, just in, pertaining to the new one, like we're going to obviously bring it up. It's hard to ignore just came out this year, was just nominated for Best Picture this year, Best Director. And, uh, you know, I don't want the focus of this episode to be on the new one. To me, the new one is its own movie that we might have to cross paths with that movie in the future sometimes anyway. So this this is about the 1961 version. Toward the end of this conversation, we will have a little segment where we just talk about it and some of the differences and whatnot. Uh, but for the most part, we're going to focus here on the on the sixty one. So we're not just doing the the, the comparing A and B the whole time. But um, Joe, your first experience with that story. As a kid, I remember it being on, and I never remember paying that much attention to it till I got older. Mm-hmm. Around college is when I first like watched it and really loved it. Because when I was little, I don't, I, did, I didn't get it. Yeah, at you, all. You have college is kind of like the time where you started. Watching musicals and getting into musicals. I remember you talking yeah. about My Fair Lady, I think, was one that... Yeah, My Fair Lady, I watched around the same time. I watched this first. Yeah, okay. Right around the same time. Yeah, I think on our Sound of Music episode, you were, went, you yeah. were talking about that. Yeah, but this was around younger. Like, I remember watching with my great-grandma, but, like, mm. I didn't know what the hell I was watching. I didn't get it. Yeah. So, what, it was just there. I remember it. I remember how much everybody loved it. I didn't get it. Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> who introduced it to you? How did you come about... My great-grandma. Okay. It's on every list ever. I was like, and I remember watching it, and I remember being like, ah, what the hell does eight-year-old me know? Let's let's yeah. give it another shot. That's and very it's, cool. It's as I've watched it more and more, I like it more and more. Um, but yeah, in college, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty sure I watched it on Easter for the first time. Wow, nice. Uh, Easter is. We've, I've said this before, but we Easter's talk about always, Easter. A it's lot. such a movie holiday for me. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it <laughs> no, is. Me too. Like, I gotta watch a movie here today. I watched Grease the first time on Easter too. Okay, I have in interesting relationship with this movie a, a peaks and valleys relationship with this movie it's it's come to grow on me a bit i of course was going through this this stretch to watch all the best picture winners at the time i was watching a large bulk of them I was not uh i was not simpatico with with the musical uh, i really i really wasn't I mean outside of Oliver, which was on as a kid all the time, so like I knew it, I knew it really well when I rewatched it. It wasn't anything. Uh, and I'm in college. I'm in that college mode. I'm not into musicals, so I put on West Side Story, and boy, I didn't make it much more than about five minutes or so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder why. <laughs> I sat through the I sat through the overture. It's about seven minutes. Which is yeah. it's fine. And I'm like, all right, there's kind of like colors on the screen and we're listening to music. All right, I, I guess this is a thing. I don't know if it was before or after I had seen Lawrence Arabia. I may have seen Ben-Hur by then. So I, I was at least familiar that movies do this. So, okay. okay, I'll sit through it. We get the pan over New York. All right, that's that's kind of cool. That's a, that You like that. New York always uh, gets you. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that a little more yeah. when I get to a little, a little later on. But... Then the finger snapping starts, and I'm like, what's up here? What's going on? And then the arm flailing starts going, and then I'm like, uh... And then I think the exact moment is when they start crossing the street and coming at the camera. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't do this right now, sorry. (laughs) Can't do it. 
can't do it. Will be for another day. So I, I put it down for I want to say ooh six or seven years. Oh, you straight up. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It. I'm like I'm okay. watching something else tonight. I can't do okay. this. This is this is too much. I finally watched it again toward the end of the run. So we're we're talking maybe 2015, 2016, 17 or so around that around that range. So we're saying maybe you know six years ago. You know I, I got to the got through the end of it. Didn't really fully dig it. Um, it wasn't it wasn't like I hated it. You know, I, I liked it better than some of the other musicals that were in the mix, but it just wasn't really my thing. After doing this podcast and kind of really growing much more appreciation for the musical, Gene and Kelly. yeah, the, the, you really had a getting hard, my had a adult, yes, yeah. my adult onset Gene Kelly. We have this year with it being uh, up for Best Picture, so I knew I had to watch the new one. To I watch every year, we watch right. all all the movies and cover them on the podcast. So I, I was right. going to do it. So Which is a great list. I need to go back. To. This is, yeah, I think our plan was to do this episode before that yes. movie came out. And that was going to be my revisit. And <laughs> right. I think I've even yeah. said... That on, one's on me, guys. Yeah, no, hey, no, listen. Things you know, happen. I got pregnant. You procreated. And yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to need a few. <laughs> Just wait till we have her. She's beautiful. Yes. And, and congratulations. She's seven yes, months old. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. But last time we heard you, Braveheart was before you. Yes. Yeah, was oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. That's right. We As part. we were planning this. <laughs> <laughs> I was deep in vodka martini. Yes, that's right. The plan was to do this. And then I think I've even said on this podcast, like, there's a few movies yeah. that I'm not looking forward to revisiting. And I think I listed this one. You did one at one point. point. Yeah. Hamlet's another one. I'm, that's, you know, Shakespeare's a whole other thing. And I, I don't remember what the old group, maybe the Great Zigfield. Great Zigfield, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Oscars are coming around. Now it's time, right? So I'm like, all right, I'm not just going to hop into the Steven Spielberg one. I'm going to watch the original, and then I'll watch the Spielberg one. And this time around, that time around, I totally watched it with, under a different light. Like, I got my head into what they were doing. Now remember, this is, this is post-us covering... Gene Kelly. This is post us covering mm-hmm. Bing Crosby. It's post us covering Sound of Music. So I have much more perspective for the genre. At, at and you'd seen all that jazz before this. No, all the all that jazz. Like, um, oh yeah, I probably had. Yeah, I think that I, was like pretty close before. Yeah, right around. Because it was on my list before the Oscars. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's probably right. And boy, I really enjoyed it. And then also enjoyed this Spielberg. When you'd hear our thoughts, me and Joey were on the on our Oscar preview episode, our 2022 Oscars episode. You can hear all our thoughts on, on uh, Steven Spielberg's version. Let me tell you, watching here for this one, you know, I will show cards a little early. Again, I'm now at the place in my life with this movie where I can put it on and just have it on and enjoy myself with it. Like, it's, I get it now. I get it now. It's like Danny DeVito in, in the end of the of the, the Mac uh, dancing episode. I, I get it. I get it. I get the arm flailing. Right. I get the finger snapping. I'm snapping along, baby. But there is something you to get. You get it or you appreciate it? No, I get it. I get it. No, I like it. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm in. I'm in now. I'm in. I'm in on it. You know, I have my criticisms and we'll talk about them as we go. And I, you know, I'm sure, you know, I, I'm not at the stage you guys are where, you know, it's like up there with like a, a favorite movie. But I, I have much more appreciation for it than I do have problems with it. Yeah, but I think there is something to get with it. Like, I think there is almost somewhat of an inaccessibility to it because it's, it, you know, if you have an issue with musicals, you're going to have a lot with this. So you really have to buy yes. in. Like, you have to extra buy in than some other musicals where you can ease in. So the main thing I noticed about it, I don't know if it's just from, like, this cinematography stage setting design like whatever department that is it very much felt 
like they were being so true to the original stage production and it felt like a play and maybe that's just the way movies were the sets were back then they were so simple so like almost obvious like no symbolism like red everywhere red white like the colors were very interesting to me to watch you know as with with analysis in mind but um how did you guys watch this did you watch it on hbo max yes Yes. yeah okay so i i actually watched this two ways for this one so my 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 watch my first watch which was two days ago i watched on hbo max had it up on the big screen that first pan over of the city just beautiful it's absolutely beautiful amazing like you know we we talked about the pan over the start of sound of music Uh, robert wise knows how to how to start a movie with that and then obviously the other visuals there. The second time I watched on my DVD player, so I had the old school DVD. I mean, it's a it's a it's a Blu-ray, ultra Blu-ray player, right. but of an old DVD. It's a regular DVD. Right. So it's not remastered. It's not uh, the oh, it, and boy, you could see the difference. I mean, it, I, I had hoped to be like commentary track or something. There was just a straight up DVD, but it was on. So I'll watch it. And the pan over in New York looks like. Like eyewitness news helicopter just going over the <laughs> no! going over Central Park and Yankee Stadium, you know, it is crazy what they do with these restorations, man. Yes. I mean, it's just it's wild. Yeah. I had in my notes that it actually looked like a very modern view of New York City. Modern being, you know, in our lifetimes, like eighties, yeah, nineties, right. Hanovers, and that was like very notable. I'm like, wow, I didn't like realize. I guess it wasn't that long before that yeah. point. Yeah. But, it felt like watching it, I mean, no matter how many times I've seen it, every time it comes out of the colors into that, I, like, react. Mm. Because it feels so big. Yeah. Yeah, and just, uh, I can't say enough for the restoration they've done for that there. It really, really looks beautiful compared to, uh, to what it was uh, before. Wow. But, okay, we're really getting into it now, so I think it's time to do the old deep dive. Any other thoughts before we, uh, we really plunge here? All right, let's do it. The year is 1961, where John Fitzgerald Kennedy was inaugurated into office as the 35th president in U.S. history. He became and remains the youngest president in U.S. history, taking office at age 44. Sadly, he's also the president who lived the shortest lifespan as we know, he's assassinated at age 46. JFK's first year in office was a busy one, having to deal with the Cold War, Cuba, and Vietnam. This is going to be the last time we, we cover a Kennedy year, believe it or not. We've done so with Tom Jones and most recently Lawrence Arabia. JFK only really had the three years. So yeah. I guess we'll talk about the election in 1960, but this is it. Any, any JFK thoughts or stories or memories or anything you guys want to want to share here? I My, think it puts a lot of the film and the and the themes and and just what was going on at that point into perspective a lot more i like personally had never watched it even thinking about who the president was at that time just thinking of the 50s 60s as this like monolith almost and and it wasn't it was very nuanced and for you to just highlight that it was only three years is pretty remarkable for the impact that it had yeah culturally it's true and i mean when we get into this another thing i'm going to bring up here I watched this time around and couldn't help but think about Vietnam, and and some of the some of the tie-ins that and with some of the themes of this movie. We'll, we'll talk a little more yeah. about that later, but it's very very tumultuous time in U.S. history, uh, which is why I think a lot of people were just looking to lock into musicals. Yeah, let's, let's, let's have sing something and dance bright and, and fun because <laughs> snap those fingers. A tumultuous and time of extreme change coming. Yeah, yeah. And there would be with movies in, uh, as well. Joey, any, any JFK thoughts here? 
I'm not going to say no. anything better okay. than Danielle said. Perfect. Yeah, I, I do want to throw out. Uh, I think I plugged this. I might have plugged this in the in the Tom Jones episode, but the Stephen King book, eleven twenty two sixty three. I bought it. Oh yeah, uh, dude, got to check it out. It's about a guy who uh, it finds a portal that takes him directly to um, a, a date in nineteen fifty eight. And his goal is to then go back and try to prevent the Kennedy assassination. Oh. And, and when, you go, when you go back through the portal to modern time, only a minute's passed. So you can, you can go through the portal and be there for five years and you come back only a minute's passed. So uh, then everything I told you was told to you in the first chapter of the book. So we're not, we're not spoiling anything here with that. <laughs> but 11-22-63, Stephen King, it was like a 2011 or so book. Uh, I think, like, quietly one of his better ones, and certainly one of his better ones in his recent works. Every, since I bought it, I've had it out in, like, my office, and a few people have seen it, and everyone who's read it has been like, oh, you can't wait to read that. Yeah, so the 1961 World Series, guess what? The season four streak continues. Another New York Yankees championship to discuss here. Oh, my, Joe. When will it end? When will it end? It will end soon, I'll it's, tell you that. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> we're, we're doing a couple of recent movies coming up. I think we got, a, we got a 2010s one and an 80s one, and they were not very good in either of yeah, those years. Yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> you, you'll get a break there. Yeah, enjoy it, enjoy it where, you, where you got it here. But the 109-win uh, Bronx Bombers defeated the Cincinnati Reds four games to one. This was the New York Yankees' 19th championship in 39 seasons. The series was surrounded by Cold War political puns. That's one of the things I looked up. It was uh, people making a lot of fun about the Reds against against the Yanks. That was like a common uh, a common newspaper headline. It's a fun that they thing to do. make fun of. Yeah, like, again, I think people just looking for a statement anyway. <laughs> they can back in 1961. Uh, the 1961 season was most famous for the legendary home run race between Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle, as both teammates chased former Yankee great Babe Ruth's MLB home run record of 60. It was Maris who would go on to break the record with 61 homers, as Mantle fell just short with 54. A lot of controversy around that. People wanted Mantle to break it, not oh, yeah. Maris. Maris dealt with a lot of uh, harassment. And whatnot, he put an asterisk on his yeah. on his record yep. and all that. But Barry uh, Pepper played. Again. Yes, there's a film yep. based on the uh, the whole story, directed by Billy Crystal. It's uh, called Sixty One, starring Barry Pepper as Roger Maris, as Joey just mentioned, and the great Thomas Jane as Mickey Mantle. So, and we should say too, as as we record this here in late August. There's another New York Yankee trying to break that record, too. Aaron Judge is on quite a tear. He's on pace to, I think, surpass Maris. And I think so. North and Maris. Yes, I so, saw, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's, he's cooled down a little bit since we talked, but we'll see if he, uh, if he gets there, if he gets there by the end of the season. Danielle, you're a Yankee fan, right? Sort of? I'm a New York fan. You're a New York fan, okay. I have both the Yankees and a Mets. So I you live can't in commit. Queens. You know, it depends how they're doing yeah. year, to, year to year. Well, Mike is kind of that way. Mike I'm is always kind of a oil. New York fan. You know, he'll, he'll, the Mets the Mets are hot, we'll go Mets. If he, gets, oh, yes. he hops, you know. He likes the merch that the Nets have, so. Oh, the, oh, the, oh, <laughs> yeah. the orange and blue. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, the Yankees were managed by first-year skipper Ralph Hulk. Series MVP was Whitey Ford, who threw 14 scoreless innings. Hall of Famers for the Yankees included Mantle, Ford, and Yogi Berra. For the Reds, Frank Robinson. And I should mention that neither Mantle or Maris hit a home run in that World Series. Mantle hit just 167 for the series, and Maris just batted 105. So 
They had a, uh, a very monumental season, but they didn't do a whole lot in the World Series. But the team did win. The number one Billboard song of 1961 was Tossin' and Turnin' by Bobby Lewis, which was the feel-good hit of the summer, was number one the entire summer that year. Tossin' and Turnin', Bobby Lewis. Either guy's heard of Not uh, ringing Tossin' bell. No, One at Wonder, the Chubby Checker style uh, uh, a like, song. Okay. I don't think um, I know it. You know, like a little Richard type of, type of upbeat oh. summer track. Did not know it before this. Uh, did not heard of Bobby Lewis either. I will say there were some great number one songs this year, though. Oh, so what do we got? I'll go through those. I have a few here. One is Joe, we found out is your recent favorite here, uh, the great Elvis Presley, who you buried last week's episode. Deservedly. I was so nice last week. Oh, my God. <laughs> who hates Elvis? Jeez. This is, oh, you're gonna, two good songs. You're going to be a real trooper when that movie comes out, huh? I'm uh, not happy about that. He, he did appropriate <laughs> a lot of his stuff. I'm a big Elvis guy, so I don't know. I am not. But uh, Are You Lonesome Tonight by Elvis was the uh, first number one hit in 1961. Yeah. Can't account for taste in the 60s. How about Del Shannon Runaway? You know I that love tune? that yes. song. Great tune, great tune. It's in American Graffiti. Yep. I think it's featured. I, I think that's a fantastic song. I love, love Del Shannon. Love Del Shannon. That, that song always used to play. Me and Artie worked our high school job there uh, at, a, at a drugstore. They had songs on loop and I was a little more patient with them than Artie was but that was one of the tunes that would always come on I'm like oh this is this is a great song someone should cover this today do like a you know a new metal cover of this um <laughs> the highway men not the highway men with Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson but there's another group oh. called the highway men released Michael which you may know better as Michael rode the boat to shore hallelujah that was like a Number one. It was a number one song. It was the most popular recording of it. It's a it is a um, a slave hymn from the right. Civil War. Yeah, okay. so Civil War year. But this was the most. I didn't popular realize that version. was like a yeah yeah a pop. So that went number one this year. Then another two absolute classics that I think everyone listening will be familiar with. We have the tokens with the lion sleeps tonight. A weemba what a weemba what. Wow. Of course, yeah, who doesn't know that one? And of course, the great Ray Charles with hit the road Jack. Another classic, awesome classic tune. So, but great year of music there. A lot of, a lot of hot hits there. Sometimes these, some of these earlier years, you look at the list of songs, you're like, I just don't know any of these. But Danielle, the last one you were on, it was just '90s banger after '90s banger, and it was '95. So you can't go yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, but even like this period of time, generally speaking, is pretty close enough to us or our loved ones that you know, I, I definitely share the appreciation. Yeah, right. we got. I mean, we have rock and roll kind of kicking into gear in the late fifties. It's like a little transitional at that yeah. point. Yeah, but like this is what my parents always listened to. Like this area, my parents were. I mean, my parents were young at this point, but this, you know, this was always what was on the radio. So a lot of it's very. Um, there's a lot of familiarity with it as it kind of gets into. I mean, I'm personally stuck in the two thousands and nineties. <laughs> like I don't even know what new music is. <laughs> yeah, and whatever like came before, like seventies had a big comeback in, you know, our high school years and such. Like I appreciate that. The best picture winner in nineteen sixty one was of course West Side Story. It was directed by Jerome Robbins and Robert Wise. This is our uh, our first time talking about a, a, a movie with two directors. There's yeah. only two ever to win. West Side Story and Joe, do you know the other one? Oh, uh, No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men, the Coen brothers, Joel and Ethan, yes. So, uh, it was directed by Jeremy Robbins and Robert Wise, produced by Saul Chapman and Walter Mersch, screenplay by Ernest Lehman, who uh, also did the screenplay for Sound of Music, North by Northwest, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and Sabrina, which is a Billy Wilder movie. I haven't seen Sabrina, but those other movies are unbelievable. Yeah, he's nominated for six Oscars, has ne never won. Never won one. They like, gave him... 
Yeah, they gave him like the honorary one a couple years before he died. Based on a play, which of course is the, the modernized rendition of William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Uh, the score is by four gentlemen here. Saul Chapman, Johnny Green, Sid Ramin, Erwin Castell. So four, four credited with uh, taking home that Oscar for score. The music of West Side Story, because we know this is a, a stage production right. here before this. The music is done by the legendary Leonard Bernstein and the lyrics by the legendary Steven Sodheim. Cinematography by Daniel L. Fapp, who also photographed The Great Escape, movie you appreciate there, John. Right? Um, yeah, that movie could have been an all-timer. Really no. good. What did, what did it got? What, what got in the way of it? Uh, the star trying to be cooler than the movie. Oh, you're not a Steve McQueen guy. Okay. Okay. Well, it's just a conversation for another day. Film editing by Thomas Sanford. Art and set direction by Victor Gangelin, who also worked on The Searchers. And costume design by Irene Sharif, who we spoke about before in An American in Paris, where she took home her first Oscar. Also won Oscars for Cleopatra, The King and I, and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? So a definitely a, a legendary costume design person in the mix there. West Side Story is starring Natalie Wood, Richard Beimer, Russ Tamblin, George Chikaris, and Rita Moreno. Was nominated for eleven Oscars. It was the winner of ten of those eleven. Took them all home, but one. And those were Best Picture, Best Director Robert Wise and Jerome Robbins, Best Supporting Actor George Chikaris, Best Supporting Actress Rita Moreno. Best Cinematography Color, Daniel Fapp. Best Score, Saul Chapman, Johnny Green, Sid Ramin, and Erwin Castell. Best Film Editing, Thomas Sanford. Best Costume Design, Irene Sharaf. And Best Art Set Direction. And Best Sound, that's 10 of 11. The one it did not win was Screenplay, Ernest Lemon. Number 51 on the AFI Top 100. It's in the most, the most recent list. The original list, it was 41, so it dropped down to 10 spots. It was the second highest grossing movie of that year. The first highest grossing was a participant in that tournament that we mentioned before, that animated tournament. Any guesses? The number one grossing movie in 1961, animated movie. Cinderella? No, it was 101 Dalmatians, believe it or not. Oh, so, wow. Which I think was Mikola's choice in, in that tournament. There. Yeah, I didn't know that that was... Wow. Yeah, yeah, number one grossing in 1961. So that's uh, all the all the nuts and bolts on the table there. Danielle, I'm going to kick it off to you first here. Opening thoughts. Where's, where's the first place you want to go in in the in a in a lengthy discussion about West Side Story? Well, you did mention um, among the awards costume design, which I kind of figured, but I was too lazy to to look for. Well, that's I, what you have me here for. You can just plug in, and maybe. I'll give you all yes, that info. And I, and exactly, <laughs> and I, I've been here with you, and I knew that you would handle it. But it's like, I'm glad they won. I'd be curious who they were up against. And a part of me loves how, uh, like, transparent they were with, like, their symbolism. <laughs> it was, like, very clear, like, color by number. Oh, yeah. You know, like, like, but like I think purple that's the, and red. That's, like, versus... the plainness of it. We should be talking about this on camera. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I'd be, like I said, I'd be curious to figure out who, who it was up against. Um, like, it felt very, like, literal interpretation. Yeah. But so much color was incorporated into the film that perhaps, like, I want to even backpedal on that as I yeah, say I, it. Yeah, I mean, some of the dresses and what, and the, the, to, one of the scenes that always stands out to me every time I, I see this movie, or all the times I've seen it, is the, is the, the dance 
you know, the dance sequence. Absolutely. Um, the, with the, I'm, I don't know if I'm saying it specifically enough, like the ball, like that they all go to with the... With the gym. You know, yeah, yeah. The, it looks the, like it's at a church gym. Yes, yeah. And just, I, I just get blown away by the, the choreography and that. And uh, we should mention that the two directors, uh, you had Robert Wise kind of handled the, the dramatics of it all. He did the, you know, the acting scenes and the speaking scenes. Whereas Jerome Robbins handled the music and, and the, you know, the dancing and choreography, directing those scenes. So that's how they kind of had a little bit of a trade-off there mm -hmm. with that. I mean, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm no expert in costume design or anything along those lines. I, I get what you're saying there, Danielle, that with kind of painting with, with broad brushes there. So we want this group to look like this. We want this group to look like that. I, for me, it worked. I mean, I, I, I dug everything about the visuals in this movie. I, I dug the set designs. Um, you know, I'm a stickler for New York movies. It felt like New you. York to me. I love some of the transitions. We talked about the ball, the dance scene, transitioning into that dance scene. Some of the um, the scenes with with Tony and Maria in the alley, uh, all that stuff. Everything about how this movie looked really checked every box for me. I think it's a beautiful movie. I think some of the set designs work way better than others. Like I love Maria and Bernardo's apartment. Like I love the mm. alley behind it. I love Docs, but some of it felt like we were on a stage. Yeah, okay. and I think that some of the costumes too, where it felt like it was a play, like. We're going to take some of the work off the audience and tell you, like, this is what this is, this is what this is. I think that was intentional. So I probably it was. It yeah. felt like watching a stage yeah. production, but not in the awkward way that we have to, like, not endure these, like, live ad adaptations <laughs> they're doing lately. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, to, to pile on top of that is, I mean, the action was absolutely done that way, too. I mean, they, the action was anything that you'd see in a Broadway play. 100%. Um, you know, there, there was no... There was no pretending there with that. Yeah. Uh, whether we're talking about the hand-to-hand -hand combat or the use of the weapons, like, it was all very, very stage. Yeah, but it, it was big, so it works. Yeah. And it's, you know, so I just think it was, it's interesting to watch it go through kind of set by set. Because I, I agree, the ball, or the dance or whatever, the visuals were awesome. Like, you mm. knew exactly where everything was moving, and yeah. I, I really liked that. That opening sequence there, the the finger snapping and, and, and the introduction of the two gangs talk to me about that joe how, how did that how did that work for you how does that because that's i mean that's most people's really that's, that's the what first thing they see with west side stories that so I, you used a word before easing in there is no easing in no. this movie you're you're you have to calibrate yourself for what you're about to see <laughs> and like i said before i mean i i, I five minutes i'm out you know right. like, so Be, you know it's it's snapping there's no there's no dialogue, right? The dialogue at the beginning is these guys dancing that you don't know, like stealing the basketball from Macaulay Culkin's dad, like all this, like, fun, <laughs> like it is the, the guy he stole the basketball from was Macaulay Culkin's dad. That's a real thing. Is that right? Oh yeah, that, that was right? his actual dad. Yeah. yeah um, uh, John Hurd. This is no, no. Oh no, real no, life. Oh, dad. oh, his real life dad. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. his Home Alone dad. No, no. John Hurd would not get his basketball stolen. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin is Ke Kevin McAllister. <laughs> Just... But the one thing the movie does so well is it lets you know that you need to buy in. Like, we're going to use dance and motion as a language from the point in. And if you're not buying in, you're out in five minutes. Right, which is why I think that when, when Artie's talking about this in the rankings episode, it might get a little... <laughs> I got a little contentious. I mean, if Artie watches this like he watches Singing in the Rain and skips the numbers, oh, he's going to well, watch about three minutes of a movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen. Does he really? He's, yeah, I mean, I that's, feel like at this point that's a bit disrespectful. I agree. Well, listen I to think, the artist episode. I'm pretty Artie, mean. let's talk. I don't think Joey's going to disagree with you there. Yeah. Um, I will, I mean, I think that that is a little bit of a point of discussion here, though, because I mean, if you were to to just not pay attention to the musical sequences at all and just 
looked at the dramatic. I mean, you're missing the entire. Movie. You're missing the plot. We it's talked about that essence, with Singing in the Rain. The yeah. core. Yeah. Right, because this movie, the you know, I know some people say like, oh, the songs take away from the plot. The songs and the dancing are the plot here. Like that's not a rational point in this movie. Yeah, and and in it's, this. He's it all together. Right. Yeah. In other movies, not in this, I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's been an argument that's been thrown out. Like, yeah. this movie, the songs tell the story. The middle parts help transition in. And the opening sequence is, there's no better example for it than 100%. That. You're getting a feel for these two crews. You're learning a lot about these, so about, much about information. these two crews, where they live, how they live, without anyone saying a word. Which, is to me, is, is really... Crafty filmmaking mm-hmm. because you, you get to see how they interact, you get to see how they live, you get to see the strength in numbers yep. and how how kind of small each of them are. But how if, clever if they, they don't are. have backup. They're clever, but if they don't have backup and they don't have numbers, none of one of them are going to stand alone. Right. You but, know. So, and I think that leads into you know to Tony a little Tony's character a little later. But right. you see, I think there's the the sequence there where they're at the fruit stand. One of them has fruits, and the sharks kind of come in and. Take the take the fruit from him and and you know ease him onto the next scene where now there's a bunch of jets there and now the jets take the fruit back from the shark and now the sharks are kind of like intimidated with it. And, it, and it just goes to show you that these guys are all strength in numbers if they don't have their boys at their back they're really they're they're nothing but one of them actually said if you're not a jet you're an orphan or you're not part of yes. the gang you're That's an orphan. Literally, yeah. Yeah, if you're not a jet, you're an orphan. Is the line, and they do a very good job without saying who's in charge, right? You know, Riff is the guy. You know, Bernardo's the guy, right? But they also take you through the neighborhood, but it all ends up where it starts. So it's showing you that all they're fighting over is tiny. Yeah, and they do that without you know. You don't need um, Krupke being like, "You're only fighting over three blocks," like some stupid nonsense that would be <laughs> that would happen. Like they show you as they're running around this different alley. I they might all have come needed back. it, Jody, because no, you didn't. <laughs> all the years watching, I had no idea that was even in the West Side. Like in my <laughs> mind, I was like, "Oh, it's just the Lower East Side. Like that's where the Puerto Ricans were." And then I'm like, "Wait, for Lincoln Center, the rubble? I, I needed Officer Krupke." Clarification. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, this is going to be kind of one of my points here with this one. I, I alluded to it when we were talking about um, the JFK stuff. But I, I saw a ton of what we talked about in the Deer Hunter episode in this one. It is fascinating to me that this is comes out in the Vietnam time, right. kind of right in the, in the heart of the conflict. We have a bunch of kids here who think they're tough. Yes. They think they're tough. They think they know what warfare is. They think they know what... what the war um, council. Fighting is, right. Like, Krupke's, <laughs> you're fighting over three blocks. You yep. know, like, what, which weapon? Rocks, knives, yeah. g- zip guns. You know, like, what, like, and when shit goes down, not a one of them is ready for it. None of them. You know, right right down to, to Bernardo, who, when he, you know, when he fires through with that knife, the look on his face is, whoa, what have I done? To the point where he can't even defend himself on the next... He's blown away. It, yeah. It, um, yeah. It, so, I saw a ton of some of the points they were making in The Deer Hunter and some of the points that a lot of Vietnam movies have made about, you know, in The Deer Hunter it was these guys were hunters, tough guy hunters. Like, we go to the mountain, we, you know, one shot, we'll kill a deer in one shot. Like, because we can hunt deer, we can go to Vietnam and be war heroes until they go and realize that, you know, Yeah, they're completing. Yeah, so I I found a lot of the, a lot of parallels there in this one. Especially the age of these guys, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they're young. Like, yeah. they're, they're so young, they come from such traumatic backgrounds and, you know, immigrants and just everything. And 
they're going to Vietnam, <laughs> right? And so, is well. That's, let me ask this question. Well, in the I, movie, if yeah, the timeline's local, yeah. What is a what is the time frame of this I think movie? It's, um, it's late fifties, fifty-seven, maybe. Okay, so this is supposed to be pretty contemporary. It's a little. It's when the play was like yes. out written. Okay, and yeah. the, but the but the the setting on the on the actual yeah is yes. okay. So the play is is in real time. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. I want to talk about the cast a little bit. Let's go into this here, and I want to start uh, with my guy Riff here because he's kind of the first person we're introduced to. Russ Tamblin. Uh, Russ Tamblin, who ended up having a, a really nice career. Great career. Yeah, he's in. Uh, I think he's in a couple of. Might even be in some Tarantino movies. He is. Right? He's in. Um, I mean, Django. Was, I think he's in Django. He was just in Haunting of Hill House, which is a couple, the last thing he did, but it was a couple years ago. Um, he was in Drive, Kieran's favorite actor. Um, <laughs> Gosling. Um, yeah, I, I, you mentioned him being in Haunting a Hill House. He's also in Robert Wise's The Haunting. Oh, so that's okay. kind of, that was kind of a callback to him being in that movie. Oh, very so, cool. Which is, which is the, it's, it's, they're both based on the same source material. Right. The yeah, Netflix yeah, yeah, series sure. kind of goes into it and makes it way more layered as much, as a much better, <laughs> a much better watch than, than Robert Wise's The Haunting. But he had a good career. Yeah, so he had a, a very... nice career. And boy, I got to tell you, I love him in this movie. I, I you know, we you know we're going to reference the new one a couple times here, but we talked a lot about Mike Fast's uh, performance in that because it is, it is a really fun character. I mean, it's, it's, it's... A, he probably has the most, I think the most meat on the bone as far as like interacting with He's the also the characters. most important to make everything believable. Like mm. he has to, if that actor isn't playing that character well, I don't think you buy into any of the comments. Yeah. Well, he was cast great in yeah, this one. Absolutely, um, Daniel. <laughs> Sorry, I know you're going to be. But too I sharp wanted to just make like a sharky comment. <laughs> Please, a, a oh. sharky comment. <laughs> you're like you know to make things more yes a sharky to make things more believable. I'm like because it's completely implausible to fall in love and choose the man that killed your brother. <laughs> like oh well, all right, that so you did for two days. So, like so, that's outrageous. So Danielle. I feel since, lied to. Since you've been on the Braveheart episode, we have added a segment to Best Picture Cast called the Nitpick Song. So yeah, we're gonna have a theme song for it. We are gonna have a whole segment where we talk about that stuff. And yeah. I think I have that one down in my notes. So we'll get to we'll get to that. So I think that's the, on everybody. So all the <laughs> implausibilities about the script, about anything going on, we're gonna tackle that all at once. So don't, Such so a big yes. one, guys. Yes, there's a few. There are a few yeah. here. So we will get to that in the nitpick song. But um, I. I do have to say is this, this movie it kind of like leans into presenting the Jets as the ones you're supposed to root for, but really, you know, I mean, to me, the Sharks have always been way more likable in every. But are know. they? Are, are the Jets supposed to be the ones you're rooting I for? I mean, the They're Jets not are even not even like two dimensional. Like who I are think, the Jets? I think yeah. it's 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 Riff and some dudes with like bleached hair versus a more thought out and layered Sharks. Yeah, like I think. The America song gives more depth to the Sharks than anything the Jets do. Yeah. That's my favorite oh, I would song. Agree with that. Yeah, yeah, so I, I think it's, even if they try to present it, I never felt that way. Yeah, well, I, well, I guess maybe the reason but I say Riff, that is... But Riff, I'm all in on. Well, I think the, maybe the reason I say that is is because you have Riff and you have Tony, and they're the ones that you're kind of following right. through the movie. You know, Bernardo is a, is, he's kind of like a shadowy heel like he's in the in in the shadows kind of he's playing he that in antagonist out. role he's a total curmudgeon yeah and we don't root for him we're not right. that upset you know so yeah so i just but no but there is definitely a brad chad factor to the whole jet operation there's there's no doubt about that i do like ice 
Uh, no, is Ice kind of the kind of like the, he's the, guy um, who the takes, Jesse Plemons looking character? He's the guy who kind of takes over. He's the, who's going to fight. He takes oh, over. He's he, great. He's the cool. He's great. So, he's, he's great. Yeah, and and crushes the 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 cool. Awesome. Yeah. Now I think this is the time to mention here is that this is. Uh, I hate if we didn't know this. I hate to burst the bubble here, but this is all. No one's doing their singing here. Yeah. This is all dubbed over. I think the only one. Is George Karras. Rita Moreno has a lot. They just help. They just they did she half and half. Didn't sing. For the most part, she did. For one song, they had to um, the girl who sang for Natalie Wood, just like seconded it to be she couldn't hit some notes. Okay, so let me let me. That's fair. She really sang very high. But Rita Moreno did most of it. Let me clarify my statement. Everyone was dubbed for. Oh, at yes. one point. Okay, not, yeah, yeah. not in their entirety, oh, okay, but yeah. everyone was dubbed That's for. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. Natalie was Wood that did not just do industry any of standard at that point. I think it was, was certainly common. Singing in the rain, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, was singing singing in the rain was dubbed over too. No, I'm just, that's what yeah. the whole thing is. Yeah. Oh right. Oh right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. We did uh, Gigi. You know, Leslie Karen's not doing her singing in Gigi. Uh, Oliver, we well now Oliver, they all do it except for dopey little Oliver himself. You know, so <laughs> tough case. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I, I mean, that always kind of hurts it a little bit to me. But um, Bernardo does his own. Bernardo is he's the, not, he's he's not, the only character yeah. who is not dubbed over at all. Yeah. Everything you hear of George Jacaris is yeah. George Jacaris. Didn't he go on to reprise that role for a bit? Uh, he's, on Broadway? He, yeah, he was singing for his whole career. Yeah. Cool. Where like Riff danced did a lot of choreographers, Tamblin. Um. What do you think of the George Jacaris performance here of Bernardo? Um, wins the Oscar, the supporting actor. <sighs> Again, who were his competitors? I don't well, even know if it's his fault. It's not who should have won. Or if it's just like <laughs> very hard to take him, you know, this Greek man seriously with all this muddy makeup, which all of them, like, did makeup win, by the way? Uh, makeup, all of them uh, I don't believe makeup, makeup was a... Rita Moreno stories about the poor makeup. I'm not sure that makeup was a, a it, category. It wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Um, you answered, who is he up against? I mean, that's where a lot of people are, do scream and yell about this. He was not a compelling character. I mean, I believe he beats George C. Scott in The Hustler. This is the same year. I believe so. I believe so. Um, and so, you know and he also beats Montgomery Clift, who's an actor we haven't discussed yet. We'll, we'll discuss him in From Here to Eternity, um, who never won an Oscar. All right, so Best Supporting Actor, it's George Sakiris, West Side Story, Jackie Gleason, The Hustler, Hustler Montgomery... Montgomery Clift. Montgomery Clift, Judgment at Nuremberg, Peter Falk, Pocket of Miracles, George C. Scott, The Hustler. Yeah, so both guys, Pocket of Miracles, that's the Frank Capra one, that's a beloved movie. And both guys in The Hustler, and Montgomery Clift, who never wins an Oscar. At least George C. Scott goes on and gets one. So the answer is he beat a lot of, I mean, looking back. Big names, that's big. But, you know, we're going to talk uh, as we go with this. But this, West Side Story was a... Just a tour de force here. Yeah, this is a time of big studio marketing control of but the narrative. Even, but even with all that stuff, it was relatively like the second highest grossing movie of the year. This is a mega. It was the talk of the town. So, anytime you have something like that rolling in, particularly in this era, as you mentioned, uh, Daniel, we talked about it in the Ben Hur episode. Ben Hur is a very comparable. Yes. Entity, because Ben-Hur also wins every Oscar it's up for, sets the record, and the only one it doesn't win is screenplay. So it's very, very similar in that sense. And yeah, looking back, it's a little tough that Montgomery Cliff doesn't win an Oscar. Right. You know, in terms of George Shakira, I just think Rita Moreno, just every time, you know, they're together so much, and I just think she outshines him so much. Natalie Wood, I think, is so good and outshines him. So I just think he's going, you know, when he's in the small moments in the apartment, 
It always felt like he was number three. I'll I'll do a little defense for uh, Shakaris here though. It's it's a very it's a very kind of uniquely physical performance, and he's he's asked to do a lot, and I think he excels. In my opinion, he excels a little more than some of the other male leads. As far as his dancing, it's kind of tough to maintain your sharp edges with a lot of these ballet-type moves that they're doing. And I, I don't know, I, I dug what he was doing out there. It, it worked for me. Daniel, you're kind of making a face. I am making <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, scrunching, rolling my eyes the whole bit. Um, you don't have to believe he's a tough guy. I mean, they, they open up with, like, a full prance, so... Yeah, and I think we learned he's kind of not a tough guy. I mean... I think for him, because, like, so few of the gang members have speaking roles, like, we really rely on, like, a pretty small number of characters overall. And Especially like, I don't know who Bernardo is. I wasn't mm. sad when he died. Uh, apparently, you know, Maria wasn't either, so... I yeah, know. I think you don't have to buy him as tough, but you do have to buy him as an alpha dog, because he is... I believe he's the leader so you, of those right, guys. And you, right. Because when Chino's your backup... Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, the sharks are are, are woefully undeveloped Sinfully. as individuals. Yes, yeah. They're they're a group with a leader and a super sub, whatever the fuck Chino is. Yeah, they don't do it. They don't do a lot of. They don't do a lot of developing the. But I do. They don't I, do a ton of it with the jets either. They really kind of give you riff and Tony. But, and there's, but there's at least little, you get Arab. You get action. You get Baby John. Like there's a few. Right, you get you ice get the, at the, the end. Officer Krupke song, which kind of. You lets... also get like a different insight into their lives. Like in America, yes, you do hear about that immigrant experience. That's all Anita. Yes, and they're just more like the. Uh, Curmudgeons of it. You said that word earlier, and that was like a great word. But, like, with the Jets, you get more, like, actual details about their lives. Like, mm. anybody's sister's a streetwalker, evidently, and, like, you know, you hear about, like, drunks and abandonment and just more, like, things that make you sympathize for them. And, and understand that there's depth right, to them. There, there has to that has to be more by design, and I feel like they come off more sympathetic in the moments that, that highlight them just like respectively, does that make any sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. Like, with overall, you. like they're both horrible. They're gangs, but but more energy, a bit more was humanity put. versus like, oh, feel sorry for me. Like I'm an immigrant. We're not treated right, and it's we're battling because the women are like, this is paradise. It, it's paint by numbers with the sharks a little bit. It's right. just these are immigrants. The men thought it was something different. Now they're unhappy. The women and that might like be because the people behind the scenes could not really like identify with the experience. Mm. I mean. Rita Moreno did have something that came out somewhat recently, like a, a, a bit of a documentary on her. And she's a bit of like a quirky person. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, stayed around and obviously was in the adaptation. But in America, I believe, she said that there were some lyrics that like she really struggled with. And they pulled they out a lot of lyrics yeah. because yes. they, they were like racist. Yeah. That they had to really pull them back. And I really don't look at this movie like as like being super problematic it just like highlights things like looking like from the future right that are obviously like what the fuck so i, I guess i want to do this now yeah because i don't want to make the whole thing about it but this there's a very specific entity of this movie we've yeah. talked about this with with lawrence Arabia. we talked about this with ben-hur um and natalie wood playing maria here you know natalie wood is, is russian you know she does not look hispanic at all. Um, 
I'm not saying they should have dressed her up with like shoe polish on her face and, and been real offensive with it, but she's the only one that didn't get that effect, yeah. actually. I mean, um, but I think this goes a little bit of a step further here with me in this one. Whereas, listen, we will, we'll sit here. It's the '60s. We've talked about it with Ben Hur. We've talked about it with Lawrence of Arabia. It's not something that would be done today. It's not really cool today. We understand that back then, this is what went on. It's a disappoint. It's it's a shame that this went on, but we try not to let it no, get in the Karen, way. No, Karen, I need you to understand that at the time it was celebrated. Like yeah. it was still representation. That's just how it was. There yeah. were, right. you know, like we we still like what we have like J Lo. Like we don't have a lot now, yeah, but right. I, it was still fine. There's a difference with this movie here for me. In addition to all the all the time the timely problems with it and whatnot, this this movie needs to have you feel like there is to, there is a, a, a Puerto Rican woman and a Polish man kind of coming together amidst what's going on here, and there's a beat that's missed there when I'm just seeing two white people hanging out with each other. Like I, I don't like. And is is Tony not? Darker than Maria. I mean, in many ways, he is. Yeah, he's got that. He's and got that Southern accident. California uh, back lot tan. Yeah. yeah, it's been like he's been hanging out on the back lot uh, Western Ranch. Um, and then like Rita Moreno. In a coal mine. They're all like their faces look dirty. All of them, yeah, except it, Maria. Right. It interferes with a lot of the scenes in this That's movie in for my me. Notes. I'm like, yeah, the makeup. Why is Tony whiter than Maria? Like, yeah. he's <laughs> like side to side. Yeah. Well, like Rita Moreno, who. She's Has whiter the, than Anita. And then they're putting ma- mud on her. She talked about not being able to sweat in this, like, mud yes. makeup. It's yeah. just... And she's singing, you know, about, one of your kind, be with one of your kind. I'm like, yeah, she's... She is... She, they're both white. Like, what? Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, and she's, like, you know... Listen, Natalie Wood is absolutely beautiful, and she's stunning... On screen, they're yeah, not going to say absolutely. anything outside. I of that. love I mean, her in this. Yeah, I, I, I think she's great in this movie. Any of the actors, it's just bizarre to kind of realize later in life. Like one, this is I, I, I didn't view this with any of that kind of filter. Sure. I just took it at yeah. face value. And what does that say? But also, like, if you want to go in like a full circle route, it's like a very represent. It's a really great representation of America, and they even address that. In the movie in mm. 1961, like it's confusing. Puerto Rico is part of America. Like my 93 year old grandfather was born an American citizen by default, or had access to get a passport, but was never treated like one, mm. and did emigrate into the states in the 50s. So, like a lot of this is very like uh, familiar, but at the same time, that's completely not how I ever viewed it. Yeah. Yeah, well, there is still the musical nature of it and the, the, the Broadway production nature of it. So if you're watching as a kid or you're watching, you know, in a different time, you know, there's... I'm just happy to hear a little bit of Spanish and, and a little bit of stuff. Although, yeah. in the nitpicks, we'll discuss the, the little bits. Yeah, her accent is one of them you're going <laughs> to... No, I, I, I don't really falter because that was kind of the norm. And you know what? Rita Moreno is like a really good counterexample because she played like every ethnicity under the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, she in really... a way, like, she's probably, like, thrilled to at least play, like, someone that yeah. was actually, like, you know, she's played, like, Asians and, and like, God yeah. knows what. And it's all offensive, and that was just the studio system of that time. But it was her way to get in the get in the mix. I still feel it. like she was celebrated. I don't think 
she was like mistreated any more than any woman in that industry. I don't like look at this movie as problematic, yeah. but I do look at it differently. And I wonder if my daughter down the line is to be into musicals as I was, if she would prefer the more modern because it's just like, makes more sense to her. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, you know, for the sake of that, I mean, there is a historical experience to it too, though. It is, I think it is important to see how things were done on the biggest of scales. Against, again, we're talking about the second highest grossing movie of 1961. And this was in theaters longer than other movies. Anyone who was watching movies in 1961 saw, saw West Side right. Story. This was the movie. Right. So yeah. a cool way to like, introduce people to culture, even if it was like under the guise of this like you know specific plot point. Oh, right. and that is like that That's to cool. me is one that is, that sentence you just said to me is exactly how I feel about Rain Man, where yes, in 1989 or 1988, mm-hmm. we didn't have the proper understanding of autism, and we couldn't, and Hollywood certainly was not no. prepared to portray autism on screen. Mm-hmm. However, their attempt at it raised a shit ton of awareness for autism 100%. and and obviously today that's a that's a word in everybody's vocabulary we all know what it is we all know the um the the rates of it and 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 people who are fa- i think every one of us knows someone who's affected by it in one, one way or, or another the movie the movie was a neon sign for something that needed to be studied and needed to be looked at more and yes when you go back and watch it today yeah there's some things where you're like all right well this is there's this is a generalization or this is that but let's look at things in context. And when you're ahead of your time, when you're ahead of your time on something, you yeah, know, it's it, you have to weigh everything. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's why I like so much what you said, Danielle. Um, yeah, and I just with going back to all of that stuff and then moving into the plot, it's like I never, it never, I never get the connection in this movie of Maria and Bernardo as siblings. I don't. I don't feel it, and that that hurts the movie for me. It Do, just, whose fault is that, though? Do they even have a chance? When are they in the same room? I think the fault is in the script. I agree. Agree. And I think the fault is in the casting. I think casting a Russian girl as Maria is is forget about the forget about the off the field problematics of it. There are on the field problematics. There's connection issues. Did There's Natalie chemistry would issues. Have the esteem at that point I mean they needed a big name yeah was she yeah, their well, biggest I'm probably headliner yeah. yeah she was a star she was Rebel I mean, Without a build. Cause was coming you know a couple years earlier and yeah, she's first I build. loved yeah. her as Maria like I have to say so did I I, I love this... Natalie Wood I love Natalie Wood I, she's beautiful she's unbelievably talented uh, left us way too soon um, but there is a bit of a miscast here for me with this I think it's a screenplay issue. I think it's also an issue that the parents are just kind of people sleeping in a room sometimes. So it's like... <laughs> the nitpick zone. No, I know. no, no, no. But it's, it's, it's to the point because is Bernardo supposed to be like... The, is he the parental sibling? Is he just a sibling in a gang? Like, what is he where... It, it's kind of inconsistent where he's trying to pimp her out to the worst guy in New York. She is kind of arranged to be married. Yeah, to fucking yeah. Chino. <laughs> well, that's that's the Shakespeare. Chino. That's the Shakespeare kicking in though. There's so they're they're following. A, a I very, know, but, following, following very ancient source material. But too. fucking so Chino. All right, Joey's, Joey's flexing his LVP muscles. Right <laughs> uh. Okay, so we danced around the 
Rita Moreno a little bit here. Let's talk about uh, her performance in this one. Uh, Danielle, I'll kick it off to you first. She made the movie. Mm. She yeah. really, I think, without her performance, and I don't think we'll... Well, no, that's not true. I was like, oh, we'll never know if it was the writing or her performance, but as proven, it, it, it oh. uh, stands the test of time. Mm. But, the, you know, it, it's a powerhouse role, and she is the pioneer of that, and she probably made it what it was. I, yeah. I have a feeling she may have, like, added a bit of her own. Well, you can compare her to her counterparts on screen. And did any one of them... I mean, they're the same guys writing all the characters. So, right. like, what, did he really spend that much more time writing her? No, I think that... She I think, made a... I think her... It was There was an authenticity to her performance there, and uh, not just... Um, from a, a nationality standpoint, but you know, I mean, that big scene in the end there. I mean, that's it's heavy. I'll tell you what, right now, I mean, it's absolutely the most visceral and most uh, intensely acted scene in any musical we've covered by such a large margin. Like it's like a laughably large margin. She holds such every like throughout the movie. Her the emotional weight she holds to carry scenes. They don't even ask anybody to come close to that. She carries scene. Right. Like, the, there's points where... And she stands up to Bernardo and, you know, makes fun of the war council. at the, You know, putting the red sesh to believing Maria later on. She's always the one... She's always making decisions and always aware of the people around her where I think others may have been just kind of moving through the world. Moving through the world, that's a good... I like... I like that because there's actually physically a lot of that going on in this right. movie. They're actually like, the first time that it's just them just moving yeah. through the world. That's Where good. I think she's really... She breaks making, out of that little bubble there. Yeah, she's making choices. She sees things... She sees things that other people just aren't given an opportunity to. And I really think that's Rita Moreno outside of Anita. Um, the chemistry between Maria and Tony. Um, and this is kind of the section where we'll talk about Tony a little bit too. We, we will go back to Rita Moreno. There's, there's some of the, right. the weightier scenes later on. The happiest but, the happiest tough guy of all time? Yeah, what... <laughs> how, how did you... I mean, you... Danielle, you grew up watching this movie, so that chemistry was kind of always topable there for you. Once again, didn't question it. Yeah. Believed in it. Disney princesses as well, right? Um, it's obviously impractical, but I'm still able... And, and want to forgive that. Maybe if if adapted again in the future, maybe like keep the timeline a little bit nondescript. Mm -hmm. Two days. Well, I, you know, the, I'll tell you what, the love at first sight thing doesn't I'm really good with that. bother me. It never bothers I'm me. I'm good with that. Because you got to remember too is, these, these are kids. It's right. So fell in love. It's just that they were like But they're kids. Married. This isn't two 35-year-olds. Yeah, but they're 17. Well, our Nitpicks did. Let's talk let's talk about before <laughs> yeah. the shit goes down. Talk let's, about the dance. Okay. Like yeah. I'm fully buy into the tunnel vision okay. of that. Okay. And that moment of instant you're looking at fucking Natalie Wood. Like yeah. I'm, I I think two 17-year-olds in in the 50s and 60s could meet each other for two days, you know, have uh, a and pretend to be getting say, married. We're going to get married, and we're going to live I, forever. I yeah. will stand corrected. That's a very, very valid point. <laughs> yeah, I think I they were courting for exactly. It's days. just that, and I think that's why the dance scene. I don't love the song Maria that Tony sings, but I like how they. Are you aware that there's a Michael McDonald version of no, that there song? Isn't. <laughs> that is definitely the outro. It's uh, awful. Good God. Yeah, I would love to make it the outro, but it is unlistenable. No, we're not listening. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't like that song, but when you know the way they meet 
and see each other across the room, like, I think it's done in a really cool way, where, because, I don't know, I, I think Tony doesn't feel like this guy with this reputation, right? Like, he's just so smiley, like... Yeah, he's got that. He's got that. Um, that uh, that happy. Like you know, he's working for working for uh, trying to change his life, and I appreciate that. He's trying to get out. Yeah, he's trying to get out, and I appreciate that. But do you believe that a year ago he was? No. Um. Again, I do because I mean I don't believe that he's actually seventeen. He looks like he's no. Well, that doesn't matter. (laughs) But I do think that. I think that life changes for teenagers very, very quickly. 100%. And it, it, sometimes it goes down real bad roads and gets worse. And other times they just, you know, one day they're a baseball player and now they play Dungeons and Dragons. And now they're in drama. And now, you know what, they're going to join the war. Like, I, I think that there's a... He's just so smiley. Yeah. It hurts. I, you know, that, that, that time period of life, things change on a dime. And I could see him... You know, in his in his fifteens and sixteens, doing this, and then all of a sudden, I was like, I don't want to do this gang shit anymore. These guys are snapping their fingers and prancing around town. I'm I'm done with that. I'm I think gonna, the I'm way gonna load these trucks. Up I think them. the way action views him, where like like let him go. He's moved on from us. Like let him go. Where Riff is, you know the um, you know the, they're bonded. They're they're yeah, legit Riff best is friends. So good in this. Riff uh, is great. I, in I this. really just he has such a grasp of the character, and it's in a in a movie where there is a lot of sensationalism i get him like i get him and and he he's commanding of mm-hmm. the viewer he's commanding there when he talks you're listening you're into it yeah I, I i i love that scene between the two of them with him loading the truck he and earns the right for you know sympathy like they're all flawed characters like there really isn't a protagonist i mean maybe maria but it's it's kind of i yeah I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's Romeo and Juliet, yeah. so it's Tony and Maria. Yeah, um, but this is my quote here. Probably no surprise to to many here. Uh, womb to tomb, mine too. Birth to earth. Yep, yeah, that's mine too. Classic. Yes, classic. It's the best quote. Cool um, you know what it was? You know what it is in the play? Go tell them. Sperm to worms. <laughs> Sperm to worm in the play, right? Yes, that was code era. Uh, code era. Yeah, that took that right out for, for sperm to worm. I do love that Tony scene with Riff sitting at the top, trying to like talk him into it. Yeah, like and just please come to the dance. Just be there at ten. Shift gears a bit to the to the music end of things here. It, it, like a lot of these, and I think most of the musicals we've covered, the songs really dominate the center stage and the score takes a backseat. To me, the score in West Side Story is like a character on screen. The score's fantastic. It is, it is this, um, it, first of all, there's this wonderful mix of, of jazz and orchestra and you get a, a whole combination of, of, of instruments. It reminded me a lot of like, um, you guys remember with like a Peter and the Wolf? It's like, it's... I a, remember, I heard, I can't it's connect a, it. It's, it's a, it's an orchestra piece where the, the, the instruments play different characters in the story, and the, you know it kind of goes along. There's a, there was a Disney cartoon along with it, and go, okay. But there's a, a the different instruments come in. There's like an oboe, and this is. I got a lot of that with this. There was you could, you could hear the different pieces of the symphony kind of kicking in, and different pieces of the orchestra kicking in, and uh, it was just masterfully matched. With the choreography. I mean, just the sound design of this movie is just top-notch. 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 Like, typically in musicals, like, you will get that, like, overlapping, like, you want to keep the continuity. But they really take it to an extreme. And I actually had in my notes, like, 
would I be into this like insanely long instrumental intro if I didn't already know the songs, right? And I'm just humming or hearing them in my head. Like, I'll never know what it's like to watch it cold. And so I wanted to ask you on top of the fact that you obviously have like a big background in music. Yeah. And, you know, this... did you appreciate it in retrospect or could you enjoy it along the ride? Man, this is a little t- this is a little tough with this one because so the musicals that I that I love to me are because the songs dominate. And um you know, we talked about Oliver, that's when and and, and in, in really deep diving this you can see how much this influenced Oliver and there's Oliver's knocking off a shit ton from this movie. There's there's no denying that. Um Sound of Music is I mean, is the songs. I mean the songs are just are killer. Um, I mean, more more recently, Star is Born. I mean, every time there's a song, every time Lady Gaga grabs a microphone, every time Bradley Cooper, I mean, you're you're pulled off your chair. Um, this one, to me, I thought the performances of the songs and the score leading into them was more impressive than the songs themselves. And I, I don't think that any of these songs stand alone. And this is this is this is my kind of layman's approach to this like we did Oliver we did Sound of Music like I could drive around and a song would be on like oh, this is catchy I like this too and I'm like yo pick a pocket or two you know what <laughs> that, I didn't I don't get that with this you know like I don't I don't I don't can't envision myself driving around singing along to Officer Krupke like it's just I did I, that today <laughs> Larry, Larry David did it too um, <laughs> I know every song I know every word to every song in West Side Story. It's just, I, I don't know, it's, it's very theatrical and very verbose and very wordy, and it's just not, it, it's just not what I normally gravitate to in, in, these, in these types of songs for these, these shows. But when you see it on screen and you're watching the movie, 10 out of 10 entertains. I'm, I'm in because of the performances of the songs and the, the music behind it. The choreography attached to everything is just so big and impressive. I mean, Fred Astaire talks about how great and mm-hmm. impressed he was by the choreography and all the dancing. So it made everything feel bigger, and I just think the score told another story. Yeah, it was, it was like a character on screen. It wasn't secondary, because a lot of times, like you said, it's you know the music the plot and then there's kind of a score somewhere in the world where here's the score so it's it's a glue that's telling you a glue, where we're going absolutely mm. so it keeps it cohesive for like kind of an otherwise erratic story if you really think about it yeah choreography and you know it's like i said before i think that maybe we're so we've covered american in paris which is obviously a mega pioneer in, in the world of choreography. In the last half hour, that um, is. We've covered Gigi's choreography in that, and, and we were um, talking up the choreography in Oliver, too. Again, you could see that Oliver watched this and said, all right, let's add to it. Let's build off of this. And that's so. And they're doing it with kids, which is pretty impressive, too. In this one here, I, I, those Gene Kelly movies, Singing in the Rain and, and American in Paris, even the Fred Astaire movies, Top Hat, or any, any Fred Astaire movie you pick, they're very star-centric. It's, look at Gene Kelly. Look at Fred Astaire. Right. This is not that. This, this is, is ensemble dance. This is, look at everyone on screen. And there's no better example of it than that, than that school dance. I mean, I, 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 I keep going back to that. It was just it's so killer visually, especially with the restoration. Her uh, transitioning from her trying out the dress right onto the dance mm-hmm. floor. Um, when her and Tony meet, the lighting. and everything else fades out, 
Just the black with the random. Yeah, yeah that alone bought me into the chemistry between the two of them because of the filmmaking there. Like, I, I was... I mean, we've all been there before where we see someone and it's just... Everything else is toned down. And you're like, I'm going to go talk to that person. Or I'm going to, you know... Right. And it's... Uh, the, that was told on screen really perfectly to me. Do you think Grease ripped off of that scene a little bit? With, that, um, with their school dance scene? Joey, I'll let you feel it. Assuming Grease fans? <laughs> Grease viewers? Yeah, I watch Grease every week. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Not like I wouldn't be mad about it because it's so dynamic. It's amazing. It reminds me very much. You know, and, and I think the beginning part before the contest, I think there's a lot of um, the two teams, the two gangs. I, I think the story this Wait, tells. Wait, did you air quote gang? I did. Thank you. Expand, yeah. please. <laughs> what are they gangs of? Like, are they just wayward children? Listen, they're just, it's, it's, it's friends with a cool nickname. But I think here they tell a story when they try to do like that different dance where everybody like lines up and they do like the ring around the rosy yes. thing, but they all refuse and they go back and forth. Great. And it's so clear who's what and the back. That's so much fun to watch. Like if you can watch that, in Worst Picture Cast, we do like scene you would recommend. It's not the best scene of the movie. It's the movie, if you want to get someone to buy into something, that's what you would watch. And I would watch, have... That's the first scene I would go to, that, having you, the mambo yelling at each other and back and forth. And so much of that is because of probably the most fun performance in the entire movie is that sad sack dance instructor who's <laughs> trying to get this thing. I mean, this guy, like, this guy, like, the night before sat in his room and was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to save? <laughs> I'm going to solve all the problems in this town. I've, I've, I've designed this unique situation where we're doing this sort of spirally musical chairs and all of the sharks will have to dance with all of the jets and the females and the males and everything's going to interact and it'll all be great and it'll all be wonderful. And then it happens. <laughs> and the poor guy's but, shoved to the side. But even the way like, it happens oh. when Bernardo and Riffs like roll around each other. They do like pick and roll each other to get to their own girlfriends and then... That's where the rest of the group... Like, Great, amazing. It's just so well done, and it's just... Again, it's telling you these are the leaders and how everyone falls in so smoothly and kind of the high, the pack mentality of these... Where, where's the deleted scene of the chaperone going into the gym teacher's office and just crying into his clipboard, sobbing into it? Oh, I have no purpose. <laughs> they needed a cop at the dance. Yeah. So. <laughs> Krupke in the mix. I yeah. love it. If you need um, Krupke, you're you haven't been been an effective leader of men. I feel like I need a fellow co-host Mikola here to comment on Riff's girlfriend. It's amazing. Maybe she should just win the Oscar on like the orange hair, the orange dress, the orange shoes, and it worked. It does work. It, it really work. works yeah. somehow. Yeah, I love Riff, Riff's girlfriend. It's just. She doesn't get a lot. She's in like three scenes. They really cheap out on the girls with the lines in the jets, whereas the sharks, even like the the, random outliers. The women are the leaders in the sharks. And especially, again, we go back to the America song. Like, even when um, Anita says, like, oh, I love the Isle of Manhattan, they all like, yeah, like, yeah, you do. Like, they're like hyping her up, where you don't get that with the jets. They're just kind of. And I think Riff's girlfriend's in three scenes. I remember the three scenes she's in. I think she's very good, but she's given nothing. Like, that's all because that woman's charismatic. Yes. Mm. I'm getting, like, we're dealing with, like, death here. And, like, we need to, like, we need to have that delivered to us here because this is a, this is a very theatrical 
presentation. Very. And you can't just have people dropping dead and then we just dance along to the next scene. Like, and I think she kind of gives a, 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 a real kind of like heartfelt performance there in that little scene of her just saying, I want riff. Like, I want, I want riff. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, God, I don't know how to handle this. Like, but I think that's where Ice has such a good scene. Yeah, Ice is, is very strong. Yes, yeah. he's he's very strong. He really Looks steps apart. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and he's, and they do an interesting job where he's always when compared to Riff, he's always sitting and like popping up, and then at the end he's always the one standing above everybody else yeah. after Riff. Um, I think a good musical uses the music to further the to plot tell the story and to develop the characters, and that be cool song. Man. Does that, and it does it within this world where you know these this crew is they're lost. They're rattled. They don't know. They're what fighting they're doing. with a guy in a fucking window. Yeah, they're they're complete. And this is like, this is our way. We're gonna get them back. We're gonna get them back in the mix. And then you know they they march off and they're kind of like barking ah ah you know. And then they're they're back in the mix. So I, I love that, and his performance was, was killing that too. I also do love in the in the I didn't mention this before, but in the intro where they're kind of just doing their and the guys. Just like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's like his inner Eric Cartman came out. Yeah! <laughs> Good stuff. Um, Can we talk about my favorite song? Do Officer Krupke. Officer Krupke, let's do it, Joe. My God. It feels like the song was written for me. It's about generational trauma and neglect. <laughs> <laughs> like, I listen to all the stops. They got every. I mean, every... I listen to that song. I'm like, oh my God, if I knew how to write anything, this is what I would write. It's fantastic. Um, the one, not to. I know we're not doing this till later. I do think it makes more sense to not have Riff a part of this in the new movie, but. Whatever. Here, I think it's just. They all fully buy in and understand. Like, it's like a cathartic moment about, like, yeah, we've had this fucked up, but, like, that's why they're the Jets, because they're, it's, like, shared, it's, like, trauma bonding that's brought them together, and you really see it. Yeah, it's understood. Right. Which I think that it's handled in a way that people now don't understand. Like, if you go on Twitter and say something about, like, oh, this person's parents this, da-da-da-da, like, well, well, pull your bootstraps, everyone sucks. Like, then, (laughs) 50 years ago, they're like, no, we understand the nuance of people and how people grow and that how trauma and neglect handles people. So I love every single second of that song and of that scene and everything, how they do it, I think is so fucking clever. Yeah, great vocal performances in this one yes. too. And uh, so I like got a, I watched a little bit of the making of uh, on YouTube, and this is when it dawned on me that oh no, like a lot of these people are not singing, like you know, because yes. like, you're just saying that the people singing are not the actors. I'm like oh god, what's you know? So that's when you you do actually doing the German accent. But I gotta say though, <laughs> the people doing the voice recordings along with the orchestra. The amount of fun they looked like they were having. Really? It was and it does come out yes. in the in the audio. Like the, there's there smiles on their face and they're in, on the microphones doing this thing and it, it wasn't like they were just going through the motions, you know, singing, you know, singing the songs, but they, it, it and and this this song's a blast. I love that you said that because if this song was a downer, I think it takes you out of it, right? Because this kind of brings us into the next act. This is the end, yeah. right? It's 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 bringing us to the war council, which is the big setup. So if this is a downer, like, it, it's hard to, I think, transition. The fact that it's so much fun, but it's so deep and layered is what makes it fantastic and so smart. Would you say that it compares to the shark counterpart of that, like, with America and, like, what became the 
you know, before and after. Like, is there something to be said about the fact that it is, like, a parody, it's funny, but like you said, it's nuanced and dark, and they're able to kind of, like, be a little bit lighter in their existence, or at least that's my reading of it, versus, even though, like, the women and the men bantered on the sh- in the sharks, like, the circumstances were still agreeably dire. Right, I, I think it's... It's the the unknown similarities. Like, we're both going through some things. Maybe the things we're going through Bingo. are very different. That's why it's like, such a classic American story. And ex- that's exactly it. Like, the, the things that these people don't like about each other are what makes them the same, right? Like, okay, maybe your parents both live with you, but because of your circumstances, this is what you're dealing with. Because of that, you know, and it's just we're all dealing with shit, but because we can't look past our own nose sometimes, we get caught up in our own bullshit. Yeah, the first world problems versus the third world problems, yeah. too. And this is just, you know, we're trying to assimilate into this new community here. We've, you know, we've immigrated from Puerto Rico, and here we are. We're trying to come. You've been here, and you're complaining about all the, you know, my mom smokes so much pot, and da-da-da-da, you, know, you know, my parents didn't really want to have me, but now they're stuck with me, you know. It, it is that age-old that age old tale. Kind of what Danielle brought up and what we were talking about is why this movie that initially might seem so inaccessible is just... There's so much to it where if you're able to fully buy in, this is way more than it looks. Like, this is a perfect example of, like, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Because if you buy in from the beginning, at worst, you're having a really fun movie with, you know, good songs, fun dances, and, and, you know, a newer kind of abbreviated Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet. But if you really look into it, it, it's about so much more and when you and we all know how much I love trauma and anything involving it and story and Joey we are soulmates there's so much to <laughs> it I have you should see my documentary list yeah <laughs> they're very dark. listen go uh, back to the Science of the Lamb episode I talk about what the ace score is and that will explain why that of Officer Krupski song is so important that's that's great and I want to take a, a little step further with the two groups and you know maybe they're not going through the same exact thing but they are going through you know, right. they're, they're all, I I think that, you know, I, I brought the scene up a couple times here, that dance scene with the two of them, we see both groups enjoying themselves and having fun doing the same thing. Right. They're, they're not that different from each other. And in a world where they all got over themselves, they'd probably all have a good time together. Right. You know, and they'd be able to, to mix and, and, and have fun. And it man, have that be one big ball instead of this contentious thing where we have to figure out whether we're going to crawl like, under side the bridge side. or at, the, or at the, the playground or where are we going to go next. <laughs> right. Well, that's kind of the, I guess, dichotomy in terms of, like, how I view Officer Crumpke and, like, associations. I love the song. It's definitely my top three. But he, as a character, is horrible. And he, like, adds to the divisiveness, right? Yes. He lets, I mean, he obviously prioritizes one group over the other, being the Jets. But after the Sharks are out of there, like, you know, they're the next on his list. And he has no sympathy and no regard for them. Right, like Krupke and Shank, they only give a shit about the Jets until the Sharks are gone. They're just, like, one group away from being at the bottom. It's a tool to get the Sharks out of there for them. And there's an amazing creative choice that they make in this movie with those two characters, is that they never participate in any of the music. Yes. So the, they are they are oh. outside of the music. So which even in the, in the big Rumble song, which is my favorite song of the, of okay. the movie, yeah, it's, it's right, going to be a Rumble, and, and we... Pair it with the other songs. We, tonight. we see that it's the uh, Rumble and Tonight. Yeah, the Rumble yeah. and Tonight, and that's that's um, that's parodied in the South Park. Yep. Uh, bigger, longer, yes, cut. it is. Uh, tomorrow night, 
It's gonna be yeah. It, when they zoom to Krupke and uh, the the Shank uh, and Shank, they're not singing. They're just driving, talking a little bit, and then it goes on to the next person singing. So they're yeah, they're not in on the music. As many times as I've seen this movie, and I watched it like twice, like purposely for this. I didn't catch it till the second watch, mm-hmm. which I watched like at like midnight last night <laughs> uh, because we were I fucking old school came on and got me. But um, <laughs> that was the first time I ever realized like oh they're separate from this and they're yeah. they're separate from everything. Shank yeah. wants a promotion. Yeah, they're not. They're not helping. The they're helping here. nothing. They're not helping. Nothing. I've never thought about it at all. Yeah, like well, it's a, it's a, this is what we do I'm here. We, like we squeeze the shit movie. out of these movies till we <laughs> get something. Yeah, that's how we have this. That's why we've done like two hundred and thirty hours of content. We don't. There is no stone left unturned on BPC. Yeah. Where, where there aren't themes, we make them. We force them into it, like a, like a turducken. You know, like, like you stick it in there. Right, we're we're the English teacher who didn't really pay attention, just trying Whose to find it. Whose decision would that have been? Like Sondheim's, or that has to be from um, the play, I would think. Um, it could, yes, yeah, it could, I would think. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Sure. I don't know how the play was presented. I don't really presented. know. How, yeah, like I don't exactly know like how accurately they adapted it because to me that's like my like ground zero baseline. Sure. Yeah, I, I can only judge it based on the film, so I would always have to go that how it's presented on screen is always going to go to the director, and at the the final say is going to going to go with with Robert Wise because right. I think the, by the end of the production here, Robbins was was sent home. Like they couldn't deal with this guy anymore. He's just right. he's like run it back again, run it back Listen, again. We're like, dude, we're running out of money. We have to stop doing these. If you're things. the like, guy who made Sound of Music, you get first choice. Yeah, like, well, Sound of Music is is after. after. This oh, that's right. This yeah. is after. Yeah, so I think what it becomes is if you're the guy yeah, who did West Side Story, yeah, West Side now Story. you can do whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Weiss took over. So the War Council, right? So we're at the War Council, and they're going through all the weapons, and it's a dick measuring contest for. And then <laughs> Tony comes in. I think this is Tony's best scene because he's trying to kind of help everybody and make it as clean as possible. Rift shows his cleverness here by having then Ice be the fighter. He's a tricks Bernardo. He catches everybody off guard. And This is where I like Tony the most, I think. Mm. I know that Richard Beimer takes a little bit of a beating in this movie. I, I, like, I like Tony in this. I really, what was the criticism? Uh, um, I, I think that some of the chemistry problems get leaned in on him. Um, I just don't think the chemistry was terrible. I think he was just too happy to be a guy with this yeah, reputation. I, I, I don't have many complaints with his performance in this. I think he's, I think he's solid. Uh, I think it works for me. It worked way more for me in this than the the, the newer one. Well, um, Ansel Elgort running is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> there it is. I knew it was coming up I at mean, some point. But I had to get it out of the way. Let's see it. But he can't run. He ruined an entire HBO series of Tokyo Vice watching him run down. I was like, I can't fucking do this. Not everybody factors that in, Joe. Well, they should. I hate to tell you that. I know. I've learned long ago. (laughs) I think with Ansel Eggart, they're factoring other things. Can we talk Rumble here? Yeah, we can talk to Rumble. How did this work for you guys? I mean, uh, Danielle, I mean, you've you've had this as a party. It's a scene I tolerate. Oh, you're not? Yeah, see, this is is the Braveheart stuff coming through again. It's It's just, I don't like these battle scenes. Yeah, I'm I'm glazed over. I'm committed. Yeah. Okay, Um, whereas I'm like, ooh, what about the entrances for you? Like the way the two gangs enter. Like, take away, be- it's so pre-fighting. Pre- it's so dark, and what was that song that they were trying to uh, reprise or whatever, or tie into? T- like, tonight? tonight? It's, it's tonight. Not, and it we're gonna like, be the rumble. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was very sinister. Yeah. I, I mean, everything you said is why I love it. Right, me too. <laughs> I so, wasn't that interested, and I'm like, I don't know, like... You want, I'm so... Polishing clean. your knuckle brasses, <laughs> so, or... 
I love the way the sharks come over the fence through the drain pipe, and then the jets like walk over the top. Like I love the the difference in watching them and how that you know what it is and yeah, um, the lighting is is great for me. I love that now. Did was this one of the things you the sets that you thought felt like a stage? Yes, oh, very much. Like, so. Yeah, I like it. I like, I like this it. scene, but the stage I think got me the most. I don't. I, that just it felt flat. That back. never bothered me in this in any of my viewings of this. I just I don't. I think I just was bought in. It's kind of similar to an American in Paris. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I, I think Chris felt very much the same way. Chris has been to Paris. I have not. Right. He he bought that he was in Paris. And right, and that was a criticism of of that movie. Yeah, because I mean, because that is that is a right. Hollywood set. I mean, that is the whole thing is constructed. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it, it's it's better than Brigadoon, which is another Gene Kelly. But yeah, yeah, but I, this one, I it just, just felt flat. In the I back. bought in, I bought in, and I was in, and I was good on that. Like it, to me, again, nothing, nothing visual about this movie upset me in That's any awesome. way. No, I, I was visually to me, this is this looks exactly like it should look for me. How does Tony's entrance get you in the in the the rumble scene? Yeah, I'm, I I dude I dig the rumble scene. I lo- I I like that. My favorite song is leading up into it. I think the rumble scene is one of the best scenes. Of the I'm movie. in on this. I like the choreography, the fight choreography, mixed with the dance choreography works. I I think it, it's in more emphasis that these guys are really not anywhere near as tough as they think they are. It also shows um, how similar they are that they both Riff and Bernardo both pulling the knife the same way at the same time. Yeah, and remember the fact that they can't agree on what weapon to use is because. They don't want to use any weapons at exactly. all. Exactly. They're not. Uh, and that's uh, why Tony has such a good yeah. scene where he's like, "No, just skin, just fucking fight." No one was supposed to die, right? You know, it's like, well, Bernardo's are you bringing guns and knives. Now, what do you think happens? Bernardo's face when he stabs Riff is so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's a telling. But that that reaction is telling of a lot of the themes of the whole. Hundred percent, I agree with you. Daniel, and, you're laughing here. Yeah. Danielle's like, you guys are fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk Braveheart. <laughs> God, no, no, no. Um, I, I don't know what you took from that scene with Bernardo's reaction, but to me it was like immediate regret, shock, and I, I think that would be like the normal reaction of someone supposedly the age that he's supposed to be, but I don't know, I like, wasn't invested in that. Like, for some reason, like, I've, like, dissociated from all of the violence. Would you and I'm have... just here for the love story, okay. yeah. the lesson, but, like, really, like, you know, it's like a bummer that you move on from because you, like, like... But it's such a catalyst for everything that happens Just be glad after. that it happened. Right. It is, and I've always been one, I hate to admit this, in, like, a more public forum, but, like, act two, at the beginning, I'm always like, oh, fuck, like... I've got to, like, wake up a little bit, yeah. you know, where I'm like, gosh, there's, like, a whole hour left. But after, like, maybe that initial 20-minute transitional period, I'm back in. So the second, the, the DVD version I had was the original theatrical version, which had the intermission. When do they which break? Which is not on, they break exactly. Right after Krupke, right? Uh, no, directly oh. after uh, I'm So Pretty. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the, uh, the I'm So Pretty, um, I'm sorry, directly before I'm so pretty. Starts the second, it starts the second half. I think it's so. I think it's Officer, it's Krupke. Krupke. Yeah, the, uh, Krupke. Yeah, so, it's Krupke. Yeah, the intermission I, I music. I feel pretty. Starts up the second half. I love. I feel pretty. I'm. I'm so pretty. Uh, it, uh, aren't I? Uh, no. Uh, it. Um, you are. You are. It's probably the song that survived the most. 
out of any of the songs in this. Like, I think it feels like it's more in the... It feels like it's more zeitgeisty than any yeah, other song. Yeah, I, I think that if someone were to watch this movie, Cold Turkey First Watch... Oh, it's from this? That song will pop and go, oh, I know this song. This has been in commercials before. Right. This has been... It's like what already had in Sound of Music. M- exactly. Yeah. Much like Sound of Music. Yeah. And much like Sound of Music, you know, which came after the fact, it reminds me so much of I Am 16 going on 17. Which is the worst song in Sound of Music. <laughs> but it's not. It's charming. It, they're both problematic, but they're so charming and sweet and played yeah. like really is, is I'm so pretty well. problematic. I, mean, I don't know. Problematic? I don't know the lyrics. Uh, I think that you just think it's a, a little like, um, like you know maybe Disney ask, princessy. Like, it's diminishing. Gen, the next Gen Z. Yeah, like maybe ask them. But I, I they're made at everything. Imagine. They're made at fucking lawns now. You can't have a lawn now with Gen Z. <laughs> All right, let's not spin off. Let's not spin off. Here. Um, <laughs> we're, we're spiraling. We're spiraling. I think Natalie Wood, even though she's not singing, I think her acting like is so good with this song. I love her in it. I love the yes. setting for it. The 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 chorus, the ladies. You know, like it's just fun and delightful. And for some reason, in this like very moment, reminded me of like Cinderella with like the little birds and things. Like yeah, it just I don't... had like a very chipper. Tone to I don't know if I've mentioned how attractive she is yet. I don't put it under throw. I mean, she's stunning. <laughs> she's so pretty. It's yeah, absurd. she is so pretty. Like it's, it's, it's her she's, eyes. She her... speaks the truth. So I like I love her in Rebel Without a Cause. That's whenever like when I think of that movie, I don't think of James Dean. I think of her. Mm. Um, and I think between this and that, I mean, she's just. It's so sad that she died. We so lost them both too soon. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's roll into the third act here. This is where we get all Shakespeare. And we're, we gotta, we gotta. The third act is all Shakespeare. I gotta <laughs> say, the, um, so my roommate Steve B, uh, who has been on this podcast yeah. before a couple times, he's in our, our sub fifty draft. Coming, he was the runner up in the sub fifty draft last year. His pick, Anaconda. Fantastic on Twelve Years a Slave episode. Yes, yeah, and the twins episode was fun. Yes, but so he watched. He also uh, watched all the best picture nominees here from uh, from twenty uh, twenty one, and. He watched West Side Story, the, the, the Spielberg one. He knew nothing of the story, knew nothing of it. Okay. It was a true first watch, sat down. He watched it with his girlfriend. He was so upset and just distraught that, that he dies at the end of it and, that, the, and that, they don't, that they don't like get together and ride off into the sunset. Like It ruined his day. Really? It ruined his day. He stood up, he stormed out of the room. He's like, what? what? He dies? He dies? <laughs> Wait, did someone his, tell him that his he girlfriend, didn't his girl, No, he just, I think he just thought it was going to have just a the happy, happy ending. ending. And, and his, awesome. his girlfriend goes, it, it, it's, it's Romeo and Juliet. What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> He's you like, I don't know. Shame, I, just, I just thought it would end happy, all right? <laughs> that kind of reminds me of my reaction to Titanic, like my first time viewing it. And you guys must, like, it was a shit show. Like going in theaters viewing Titanic. Yeah, we thought the boat was gonna you like get separated. So my friend, <laughs> when so I saw I it, thought, <laughs> told me that like Jack survived. And oh, wow! We all know how that worked out. The first time I saw it, the movie pissed. theater went on fire, and me and Jeremy got kicked out, and we got like three movie tickets. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Yeah, me and Jeremy saw it together. Joined viewing of Titanic. Yeah, he won't admit it now. But his wife now. <laughs> he won't admit it now. But yes. Jeremy's an anti-Titanic guy. Jeremy doesn't like go to movies. There, there, movies. there were yeah. girls there. No, but I used to make Jeremy go to the movies with me. <laughs> Love 
love it. Yeah, so, I mean, when I, when I told Steve that, uh, oh, dude, what's that story this week? Oh, that movie, don't get me started with that movie. And he walked up just just because he was so upset by the, <laughs> the tragic ending. What like, I've learned is I, I love like, Steve's, I love Steve's reactions to movies. Yeah, it's great, it's great. Like, dude, it's Shakespeare. Literally like, Shakespeare. Think that, like, everybody dies but in Shakespeare. But it's done in a palatable way. I mean, I think you literally just mentioned earlier in our recording Shakespeare and how brutal that can be. Yeah, it's like, dude, well, when in it's the source material, then she kills herself. How about that? You like, want that to happen, too? At least they think I'm Maria's alive at the end. <laughs> this is true. Um, what about the scene in Docs when Anita shows? We got to talk about it. Yeah. It's a yeah. visceral yeah. scene. Can we believe that they even captured something like that? It's very intense. Time. Right. It's, it's, I just um, feel like the rules were very strict. Like, yeah, the code, remember, code like, era. Mary Tyler Moore, Dick Van Dyke, yeah. like, like bed separated, yeah. very right. puritanical. But this is religion. the code. You can't do anything. Yeah, now we're in. So the code it's, ends. How? The code, uh, the code era ends in 65, and it's a soft ending. So right. once we get into the 60s, there's a lot of. Um, it's kind of like, uh, right? It's it's like decriminalized, you know, like like they're like yes, was the rules are still in place. Was that to your knowledge? Well, it was. I mean, Natalie. <sighs> I, I mean, I have to. Rita think. Moreno was legitimately crying because of her history. Yeah, she had a and yeah. like what had happened to her in her earlier life. Yeah, she said she used a lot of that in the scene, and, yeah. and it really. Um, it I mean, you really, feel her in that scene when oh, she's yeah. standing there at the end, and she says, "Chino killed Mar like." She, you feel her. Like it's if you, a, if you don't feel her, you're not watching the movie. Another example of her really like elevating that source material. And the, you know the, the jets, they're supposed to be the good guys here. They are destroyed as good guys yeah. at this scene because they go full on the worst you can go. Yeah, it, it with with these like supporting actress or supporting actor performances. Like often you only need like the one big scene right. to carry it and, and this is this understates that I mean th this is th this okay. scene alone is an easy Oscar win I mean it's an easy Oscar win forget about all the other stuff right. she did because she's wonderful throughout the whole movie right. but it is just it really adds some teeth to this movie and it it takes you off that Broadway stage and off the uh, the finger snap and it's like well right. no no there's there's real emotion here in this uh, beyond just the teenagers in love, like right. you know, it's yeah, it, it's it's. And it, Doc's contribution to that fantastic. Scene, I thought That's was really really poignant. Yeah. Great, great. Um, yeah, I love Doc's, and you know, because she goes from such a place where she's holding all the weight of the death, right? And we'll get to it in the nitpick zone, but she then believes Maria. She says, "All right, you're gonna leave with this guy," yeah. but then she makes a decision, and her decision is so fateful. But she makes it because, like, no, these aren't. This isn't right for Maria. Like, she's yeah. just thinking at a level. Yeah, it's, like it's, you said, Doc a, is so good in this scene when he really just goes at them. Well, and he how says I wrote down. When do you kids stop? You make the world so lousy. And one of the jets, forgive me, I don't know his name. Action. He said, "We didn't make it, Doc." Action. And like, whoa! Again, yeah, yeah. completely went over my head as a child. But <laughs> yeah, the fact right. that you can kind of like re-experience and have or have these different experiences rather with this movie that's older than you and like as old as your parents in my case um that says it all to me yeah. as far as yeah. earning its weight and value in, in the category that it's in it's really sustained and if anything for me personally generated more worth in my life yeah and i think it just shows again like how the nuance of this movie like you could watch that as a kid 
understand that scene without understanding that scene. Like it, it you yes. understand that scene as a plot driver at that point. And then as an adult when you see it, you're like, oh, there's way more going on than just this mm-hmm. what we're seeing. And that's so it's such a hard thing to do. Especially I love, in a musical. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I love these conversations that we have too, because it is there's always I never fully grasp how life-worthy the themes are sometimes until we right. really talk about them. And this is one where, like, you know, I, I view it, I'm taking my notes, I'm like, all right, I see some themes here. But as we're having the conversation, as we get into it, I'm like, oh, no, there's a lot to talk about with this movie, and there's a lot that they put out on screen. There's a reason why people uh, b- beloved this movie. And, you know, and Kieran, you said it earlier, you know, kind of this scene in comparison to all the other um, musicals we've covered. And I... I love that point because it's so correct how important this scene is to really point out in the bigger world of musicals and how other musicals shy away from doing anything like this. Mm-hmm. Because like, oh, it's a musical, it's a fun, let's, you know, move in colors, yay. Yeah. And here's something so real and so, so complicated. Yeah, complicated. Look, Sound of Music covered Nazi expansionism and it wasn't that dark. Like, right. as dark yeah. as this very local, like, Relatively or Daniel. comparatively Almost insignificant story. That's a great point, Daniel. That's yeah. a great point. That's yeah. really because yeah. they went big in sound music. They and went why big. did they do that though? Like, there's like more to explore there. Yeah. But yeah. it was done, and, and it's timeless. Just yeah, they went big and now. let the logo speak for itself. Right. This it made it claustrophobic. It. Yes, this authentic. That might be the best point that's been made this podcast, yeah. Daniel. Like, Great I mean, job. Please, I, I feel so welcome here. No, that's a really <laughs> good... Thank no, but guys. that's so smart because it just talks about like the competence of everybody doing what they're doing. And well, I, it came after the fact, so like, was it a, like, was that like arguably sanitation like a result of criticism or was it just like a completely different direction? Like, who knows? But I'm sure there's a lot to explore there. Yeah, I mean... You know, like where they're like, sound let's keep it a little lighter. I love sound of music, yeah. by the way. Like, I, I mean, struggle I, with that one because it I, might I, be I, my top. I've like, been listening to sound of music episodes. I, I've, I've voiced my, my <laughs> I, mean, I got yelled at for being too nice well, about I've, it. So. I've voiced my third act issues. With yes. that. I think there's a rushed third act there, and, and a, a lot of what you said, Danielle, to me is perfect. There's you know, they're they're just throw the throw the Nazi flag out there and expect everyone to just get it. Right. And it's like I, I don't know that that's necessarily the best part. Of it. But we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> there will be a time for us to get <laughs> very soon to the sound of music, and that will be at the rankings episode when that happens. So the final scene here, it it happens pretty quickly. And Danielle, you mentioned that like when you look up and see there's an hour left of the movie, it's like oh. Okay, you know, what do we got the rumble and then we got the but like when this final scene goes, oh shit, this thing's almost over. Like right. it, it happens very fast. Yes. When him and Maria see each other, it's like, oh, this is over. Like yeah. when you've seen it before and it hits you, it's like, oh my god. I, I love that they choose to do it in the same the same set structure as the intro. Yep. You know, we started in, in the broad daylight on the basketball courts where they owned the courts, and now we're here at night where the courts own them. Right. You know, and and uh, the night owns them. A very somber ending there. You know, they're kind of walking off. Um, Maria in red, by the way. Yes. Mm. Full red. Does that, I mean, it obviously symbolizes. Yeah. There's no doubt that Steven Spielberg, uh, who loves his colors, <laughs> was drawn to this movie. It was the, so <laughs> he loves, he loves storytelling through colors. Now, we talked about some theatrical stuff and... The gun shooting here is very, very stage worthy. You know, this is this is like any production you've seen with a gun. It's it's bang and then wah, flop. 
I don't really respond great to that stuff. You know, and I know that people who were very indoctrinated with the stage, that's like a way of life. That's kind of like a, a language. Um, I'm a movie watcher first. So I, when a weapon comes out, I want to see the weapon used like a weapon, not mm. used like a prop. I agree. And I have some issues in this with the knives and the guns. That's, that's, uh, I, I yeah, that's kind <laughs> wait, of... Wait, wait, the, the, the instant, like, bling, like it's a diamond Ching. commercial on the knife. Yeah. Bing! Yeah. <laughs> so, it was so cheesy, it really didn't go with the tone. Right. But no, I mean, especially the gun. Now, Kieran, I agree, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm a movie guy. Yeah. You've heard me talk on this a lot, if you listen to these, like, I love movies, and it, the gun felt lacking. That's kind of like a hybrid nitpick thing, but it is. We are discussing this scene specifically, so um, it was such a a stage-worthy ending to this thing. I think that it did a little bit of an injustice to the movie production, in my opinion. Expand, please. Um, I I, I think when you end a big film production with with literally a bang, with the shoot of a gun, I, I want it to be... I want it to be an action of, of shooting someone. I want, it to, I want it to look... I mean, listen, we're filming westerns in this time that, you know, we're, we, we are capable of, right. of filming someone shooting someone on, on, on screen. You know, in, in the, in the I don't 60s. think... It doesn't do justice to Anita, and I think yeah. that's the issue. Anita, because this is, you know, in a way a consequence of Anita's decision, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't do justice to her strength, the way it kind of... Feels like, you know, it just doesn't hit. Do we forgive her for doing that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I forgive her. I do too. So, and I was going to say, like, the Wild Bunch is... So the Wild Bunch is... It's eight years later. but And that's got some visceral, visceral gun violence in, in that one. Um, not that I need aggressive gun violence in right, but you're, you're, story. But you're I also do, not an overly but, violent no, person. No, movies, but, yeah. we're, but when we're ending... I, we're ending a tragedy here. Right. You don't want, like, a water it gun. It can't look yes. like a pop gun. It just can't look like and a pop gun. And it feels yeah. like it's, a cap gun. It feels like a, a cap gun. Yeah. Chino's so. fault. And, and it's Chino like, was it, the last shot. How do you feel about that? I hated that. Why? Like, That's going to come up in Nipix. Yeah. That's going to come up in Nipix. Okay, sorry. No, you don't have to apologize. I'm just saying I have to note down. Yeah, I'm... Affirming you here. I'm yeah, no, you. you're right. Why is that? Maybe there could be a statement on maybe the system. You know, the system just you know, up. Oh, we're gonna grab another, mm-hmm. another Puerto Rican guy, toss him in jail, and problem solved. You know, may, I'm, I'm reaching a little bit on that, but that that no, I, I but in the world the of shot, in the, the world two of cops standing over right. the, the like one it kind Puerto of like Rican essentially thing. puts a lid on it. Right. Yeah. Right. Like on. It's a little lazy, but and yes. nothing solved. Right. Too, so, yeah. It goes, but like. In the Officer Krupke America version, yes, I think you're probably not reaching as much as you think. Okay, so this is actually transitioned pretty nicely here. Is there is anything else you want to talk about before we start transition? I think in the awards we can cover some, some yeah, I think the, things missed. Yeah. But this is going to transition nicely into the nitpick zone. <laughs> So the nitpick zone here, Danielle, this is your first uh, venture into this dimension of Best Picture Cast, where we go through all the the question marks that we have going on with Just the so plot. you know, just what some people have not, you can be, the nitpick can be defended by others. <laughs> right, we're not just, we're not just, just, we're not just everything we say here right. is fact. No, this is the zone. We're in right. like a UFC cage. We're battling back right. and forth. If you, if we say something you t- that you like, oh Please no, no, battle no. us. That makes sense, and here's why. Right. If you listen to the Back to the Pit, Back to the Future nitpick zone. 
you'll understand because I was just unbelievably correct in it. <laughs> Why don't you <laughs> get get us started? Joey, you got a nitpick for us? Yeah, the cops are not just going to let two gangs carry away Tony's body at the end. Oh, okay. I mean, we're going right the to the fuck? end. Here. We're well, we were right just talking about it, so that's where my head's at. <laughs> okay. Like, are you fucking kidding? In an orderly perception. Especially an asshole cop. They're like, removing the body. It's a chain of custody right. issue. Can, can, I, can I do my thing? Here Please. Because I have this was my... This, I'm going to end with this, but we'll, we'll start with it. Fine. We have our end there. Very dramatic. Like you said, lift the body up. We carry it off. Okay. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? The chief of police wants to goes, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus is apostles. Right. Put the body down. Right. This, this is racist act- cop who hates is, all of them. This is an active crime right. scene. Right. Chain of custody to body. shit. Taking the body. Put away. it down. Right. Where were you going with it anyway? Where right. what, are you going to carry it off to the to Are you carrying it to the morgue? No. And and by the way, where are you going? Where you're we're all for, getting in the You wanted for questioning. Right. All of you. This is, again, Three people are dead. <laughs> yes. That's what you, you are all coming down to the station for questioning here. This is an act of crime. So don't touch the body. Everybody in the back of the paddy wagon. And you know what? I have some questions about the murders that happened last night, too. So you're not just pinning this on poor, poor Chino. Like, what, 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 this right. is, this is, uh, there's a lot to discuss here. Okay? Where are the other bodies? They're still under the bridge. Just... Yeah, they, yeah. Well, they're, that's what they're going to go put them right. together, and then we'll get. get that's to where they're going to. They're, they're just going to carry also, three on top of each other. Also, we spend the whole movie evading and evading the cops. If the, Chino's just going to just going to just put his head down like Charlie Brown and go to and march off to to jail. I like, mean, what? Chino sucks. Yeah, but he got, what do you what do you hightail at least give it a shot? Chino's no, a Chino's a coward. Boat. It's not Chino's fault. Chino's a coward. I mean, he's a little more a skateboard. He pulled the trigger. I mean, he right. didn't murder a man. He's a coward. Like, he murdered him from the shadows. He's, yeah. He's a, All right, but. He'd probably yeah, he, run. In I mean, a fit of emotion, not to mention. Emotion? That was calculated. Tony he was asking for it because at that point he believed he was that Chino around. had killed Maria. Anybody's explained that he's coming. Chino there was a manhunt going on. Yeah. Though, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's not manslaughter. That is murder. Yeah, of the Those first were, degree. Right. Yeah, it was It was premeditated yeah. manhunt. Chino murder. was running around yeah. these three blocks looking for T-Dog. Yeah. So, no, Chino's... But what I'm saying is like, there's, there are other... Accomplices and such. This is not an open and shut case. I've got a nitpick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll guess. I've been like going back and forth as to whether I want to mention this or not, but because I'm not even sure that I figured out what bothers me about this character, but anybody, both in original and the Spielberg, I, I, I don't see the purpose. I'm confused. I'm. Not sure if it's like progressive or offensive or like what the fuck's going on. Like I don't know what's going on. To be, compl- it feels more progressive in the original than the Spielberg one. Yeah, I think anybody's the character. I, I'm. I mean, I'm certainly not qualified to speak on this topic whatsoever. But none of us I, are. It, no. I, my reaction. But how did you like interpret? Well, my reaction to it was is that it aged well. I think uh, it was. I, I thought it was conscious of. Yes. Were they trying to be? Uh, I think it's way better in '61 than the new one. I think it's. I think in the one in the '61, it's handled. Were people complaining like, about the new one? No. Oh. I just think in the '61, yeah. it's handled in more of a. Um, I usually wait to see who's complaining about it before I. <laughs> I, I, nobody's, I nobody's, haven't nobody. heard of any complaints. Yeah, no and the act and the actor who plays anybody's in the new one, like respected, does a lot of work. But I just think the '61. What I mean, is the utility of this character to the story? Well, I would the say that I would think the that because it, like. Anybody shows up quite often, sporadically, but 
or sporadically, but like regularly. I would think that at, at that time, and maybe several decades beyond it, that would be your quote-unquote, now this is probably an, um, an archaic word or term, but it's probably your quote-unquote tomboy yes. character, sure. right? So, I mean, I thought that maybe there's the fact that they were, you know, questioning some gender, gender identities back then, and to me, to me, that was at least like, Oh wow! Someone was asking some questions back then. I, I that's I why guess. I think it holds in the '61 pretty well. In that I respect, think. it definitely does. Yeah. Is that the message they were trying to send? I don't know that they were trying to sense anything specific. I think it was just like a part of the the fabric. Yeah, I think it was just the... showing the difference differences of who could be involved. Okay. Like I think yeah, it was, was a girl who wanted to be a jet. Yeah, like I don't think it's. I think in today's lens of where everything has to have a purpose, I think this was just. This is a different person involved who wants to be a part of this. Mm. Like, and I think that's. I think the. But this. This person, is the wrong word. Like this person, Tony, to safety. Like, like was very integral in certain. Uh, at the like end. Scenes. And yeah. Ice gives Ice gives anybody's a lot of props. After the cool scene, because Isa understands what anybody's did. Like, I, I think, I, I can't think of the right word, because it's just more, it's not treated as anything other than this is anybody's in the original. Yes. Which is, I think, is a good thing. I've really. always viewed it pre-adulthood. Uh, uh, it's just like, oh, this character's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. So so I guess that's kind of just where I'm at, but I am trying to view yeah. it from a wider lens and a broader lens. Can we move on? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What is Officer Krupke's rank? What is his... He's a street is officer. He, is he higher ranking in it? Or is no, Jack is a lieutenant. And Officer Krupke, he's a street guy. He's a he's just an officer. Okay. He's he's pretty involved in this. He's a street. But like, like the street guys are who's whatever. involved. Like the street guy, listen, the street guys are the ones who know like everyone in the gang knows all the street guys, all the street cops. Because they're the ones out there every day. They're the ones arresting them for like the little things. So uh, uh, like a beat officer knowing every single Kid, kid in these gangs by name is very realistic. Why is he assigned to a prom? I mean, listen, in certain neighborhoods, that is a very yeah, true thing. But this is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, though. This is New York. There's no, there's no other... Going to Hempstead, there's cops assigned to dances. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, there you go. You're answering that question. But, but Krupke seems like he's... He's not a good cop. No, but he seems like he's like like you just said he's on the beat. Like yeah. he's. But that's who they put in that. Yeah, but wouldn't on like a Friday night, wouldn't he have other areas of New York City to be protecting here? You know, hopefully they're bringing in enough people to cover, but, like, they're going to assume that that's where the highest risk is. So, like, in, you know, different places when there's... Yeah, big event, I guess. We big event. Go. So, if, if these two gangs in Manhattan, are they going to be super pumped about a dance? Like, are they going to be like, yeah, let's get our suits and let's go boogie. Like, they're not going... Riff is not These. going to the fucking dance. I think at that time, though, that was a social gathering. Riff is going to the dance. Like, baby John, it? fine. Joe, these kids love to dance. We've learned... <laughs> we learned this from the second that this movie starts. It cost of me my. Going to it cost more. me my first viewing, Joe. The first time we see these kids, they are just they're going to get they're going to get a gallon of milk for grandma. They're dancing there, okay. They're going to play one on one basketball. They're dancing. Uh, these this is like that. This is like the, the the Super Bowl for them. All right, we get to dance in, in a gang format. All right. Yeah, of course. All right. So all speaking right. of dances, I have a bit of a bone to pick. Oh okay. yes, love it. Love the dance scene. Love the little uh, 
group dancing between Mambo. the polka and the mambo, but mambo is totally not Puerto Rican. So it's like, what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. It's just not. But what I also is, what is it's that? like Cuban. Oh. I, I believe. I believe. But I do not believe it to be Puerto Rican. So well, for it to be like in the actual lyric, right? Like like the polka's implied. Even right. with like this uh captions on, it's like, you know, music is playing. Right. You you need to kinda of know what polka is for that part. Which I sure as hell didn't know before I married my Polish husband. Uh, oh. But now I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's polka. Okay, this I'm is like, what happens in the nitpick zone. We get we get yeah, the gloves are off. But we're Mambo, here. but at the time, I believe, like, I, I don't know. When did okay. I Love Lucy come out? Ricky Ricardo, Cuban, Puerto Rican. Like, maybe, like, it was a bit, like, mushed together at so the time. So here we go. Originating from Cuba in the 1930s, Mambo is enjoyed throughout the world at both the social and competitive dance levels. The mambo is a favorite of ballroom audiences because it is a high-energy and infectious rhythm. Interesting. Mambo dance originated as a mixture of Caribbean and Latin American cultures. So... For sure, but Puerto Rico has salsa. Okay, now give me my question. So what's right. like... So, okay. Salsa would be the counterpart to mambo, and it is different. I think mambo sounded better. But forget about salsa. how it sounded. Mambo! Like mambo? Like mambo! Like mambo it's literal. Well, they're having their lead... They're having their lead Puerto Rican female being played by a Russian, so it's and the lead Puerto Rican man is a is a Greek. We're basically mud. doing like a fusion movie. But Mambo but sounds so good. I'm kind of disappointed. Mambo, Mambo. I agree. I, I got to say, this is the most the nitpick zone has bummed me out. Oh, that scene right yeah. there, that kind of fucked me up. Thanks, All right, Daniel. well then I'll just move on to the next one. Yeah, please. Because, uh, uh, and, and Danielle, you alluded to this already, so let's talk because this is this is a uh, a troubling plot hole here. Correct me on the sequence of events here. We've already established that this is a, a new love, 48-hour fall in love. We're not questioning love at first sight. We're not right. doing that. Okay. Uh, again, if, correct me wrong with the sequence of events. Tony goes to see Maria. When she gets off her shift. Maria learns of Rumble. Maria convinces Tony to go to the Rumble, which he wasn't going to go to, to stop the Rumble. Yes. Tony agrees... Tony goes to Rumble. Tony fails to stop Rumble. Tony murders Maria's brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, that's exactly, a, Karen. That's an epic failure of, of like, I mean, mission, mission failed. I mean, right? unbelievable mission failure. Yeah. Okay, mission failed. All right. Maria finds out that the Rumble doesn't go well from Chino. Asks, where's Tony? Finds out Tony... Not only failed to stop the rumble, which was what she was hoping would happen, your brother's dead and Tony murdered him because Chino's not good at delivering news at all, as you know, as we find out. She meets Tony, she does a little chest pounding going on there, and then yada yada yada, we're making love. Like, what? I think that might have been their second kiss. You yeah. know, what a what a what? You know, we can't even say two days. Like, we're I sent you to stop the fight and right. you murdered my brother. Like, <laughs> they've spent an hour together, and after the murder of her brother, they sleep together and decide to run away together. That's tough. And this isn't like a, let's like be clear here, this isn't like a, they were wrestling on top of a cliff, and right. I got in between them, and I accidentally pushed him off the cliff. This is a, no, I grabbed, I grabbed a knife, I looked him in the eye, and I thrust it you into him. More I stabbed my it was a, brother. It was a more intentional murder than Riff's murder. Yeah. 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 We're, I'm still going here. Okay. Now we're going to bring 
We're going to bring Rita Moreno into the mix here, who's now Bernardo's girlfriend. So now you're confronting. The, so you're so you're sleeping with this dude in the house who just murdered your brother, who's my girlfriend. And what the fuck is happening right now? First of all, are mom and dad home? Yes. They just sleep girl, all the like, fucking yeah, time. Maria, keep yes. it down. It's like Gigi's mom. We never see her. Also, where are all the neighbors in the alley? Because, come on. Like, there's no way you're doing all that. At least like a, a, like a, a cat, an alley cat something. something. The parents are the worst. Like, just have them in Puerto Rico. There's no purpose to them in America. I, I just want to cap I agree. Off. It's confusing. Cap this off with the song, which is... Someone of your kind, or like, what, what, what is the what is the line? Or stay with your own kind. Stay with right. your own no, kind. No, no, okay, no, no, no. and yeah. he's a murderer. Don't be with a murderer. With isn't Bernardo a murderer too? Like what? Like she's right. she knows this. She knows that Bernardo murdered Riff. Why is she preaching to Maria about not being with a murderer? Like you were with one too. Like what? what? But she ultimately but, comes around pretty quickly. I don't have the issue with Anita here. Maria the is, is the issue. The song is oddly worded and placed. It's a, I, it's a, it's a very... Marie, but her turnaround and kind of accepting of Maria's feelings, I think, is strength of Anita. I think Maria's... No, I like that too. Yeah. I like that too. I think the Maria is the... It's, it's irrational. And it's really hard to... Especially when you really lay it out, it's really hard to fight anything. We talked in, like, Re- Rebecca, where... I mean, with the spoiler alerts here, but... Um, there's a moment where uh, Joan Fontaine's character finds out something about SLO, and she's like not phased at all by it. At and all. then it finds out that it wasn't true. Right. It's like, well, wait a minute, why were you okay with that? Like, <laughs> right, it was more problematic that you didn't care about it. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, and Maria actually knows that it's real and doesn't care she's about like it. She's like mad for like two seconds, and then Tony just yeah, kind of throws on the high-octane smile. And listen, Tony's I'm a handsome gonna, fucking guy. I'm going br- to blame Billy Shakespeare on that one. Yeah, I, maybe we just yeah, he he just he did a lot of he did a lot of fifteenth century. Uh, I think Natalie Wood would have more presence if she had an op- opportunity to. It's really tough, Danielle. You brought it up really early, and I think that's, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty absurdly unbelievable in in the nineteen hundreds. I think one piece that we kind of have to go back to here is the point kind of about the love at first sight where it's just all hormones and love at first sight and just no rationality I think we're probably about three days away from Maria being like what the fuck you killed my yeah, brother now I'm in like a, like a Badlands situation right now I'm living in fucking Ohio <laughs> right, with this yeah. jabroni who only knows how to stock shelves right, Sissy Space is just along for the ride right. Martin Sheen they're going they're murdering people left and right yeah, I think they're, like, going, they're going to killing spree uh, they have a struggle down the road time for the awards time for the awards okay we'll start here always MVP Joey, I'll let you kick things off here. Uh, MVP, I went with uh, Rita Moreno as Anita. I think she just carried an emotional load that nobody else came close to having to even consider. As much as I love Riff, cool. Anita's, Anita's importance to this movie can't be downgraded. Yeah. Awesome. Danielle, MVP. I'm going with the lighting directors. Uh, the, the red, the symbolism, I think of... Um, the clothing and the colors that blend in, the uplighting, the, you know, at the very end, actually, you see Maria's dress. It's all red. Mm. Like, the end where they're about to do the procession, exiting and, like, closing out the movie. You also see in the background, like, the cops, uh, the police lights flashing, but just the red, you know, not the not the white or the yellow. And you see, like, uplighting, and it's just really... Yeah, so really like the set cool. direction. 
Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So I would, I would, I would uh, put that as my MVP. Yeah, cool. Which uh, you know, it gets the art and set direction win. So that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I also kind of went behind the scenes and went for another one that got a win as well. And uh, I went with not a trio, but uh, a Survivor Series team. Yes, of here. Yes, the gentlemen who uh, were in charge of the score, because I think the score was its own character in this movie. It was just outstanding. Uh, Saul Chapman, Johnny Green, Sid Ramin, Irwin Castell. Uh, those are the some first time we've had like four people involved. Score, but that just shows you how elaborate the score right. was. Absolutely. It was. Uh, it was just great, and and you know I've talked a few times about some of the scores that I I love on this podcast. I mean whether it was The Godfather, or um, Jurassic Park, or Lawrence Arabia, but this is one where like the score was kind of in the forefront and not the background. It wasn't just kind of humming around uh, the scenes that were going on. It was it was right there. So yeah, I, th- I thought the score was the MVP here. So we flip it on on its back now. We go with the LVP here. Yeah, but that'd be pretty obvious this entire time. <laughs> um, you know, normally I try to somewhat hold hold the cards close to the chest, but Chino, mm. come the fuck on. Um, Jose de Vega just didn't do a believable job <laughs> at all. Just He wasn't believable as anything. Spurned yeah. lover, best friend. He was just a fucking guy. He's yeah, a it was a ca- guy. he's just a coward. Yeah, I, I thought one of the problems with him, or one of the biggest problems with him, is that they didn't do anything to develop him initially Nothing. in the first act, right? And they just went too big with him in the third act. It so didn't make sense, to, right? I, I, I thought the character was handled a little better in the much in the, more in the newer do you one. Think that's a product of it just being like a a stage adaptation and the limitations that come with theater? Um, I don't know. I think you could do like mm-hmm. a few small things to build him up where yeah, it's it wouldn't have been. This is a, this is a, a long... character? Or like yeah, the this, actor messed it the, up? The actor was bad. But this is a long movie. Like you, We could have maneuvered things. Right. Two little things make him a little bit more important in the first act where it matters. Yeah, the, the courting of Maria is where it could have been better right. developed. You had an opportunity to give him some lines... To, to call some attention to the audience. Have him have him stop Maria from dancing from Tony and I'm good with the end. Yeah, put a face on him. Put some, right. put some teeth to him so we understand a, a little better of the impact that he's going to have in this narrative. Exactly. Do you think that says something about the audience of, at that time? Like, oh, like, yeah, like, we've got to dumb things down in general, like, for an No, audience, because I think we've seen enough movies where they trust the audience. They let the yeah. audience do work. I mean, we're a year away from Lawrence of Arabia coming out where... They trust the audience to do yeah. so much work. It's it's just it's it's underdeveloping the wrong character right. because of what you're going to do with him in the right. back. That's that's my problem. So not, my not, LVP, though. not my LVP though. Not my LVP though. So uh, Danielle, you're your LVP. I had Chino and anybody. <laughs> just let's yeah. move on. Same, yeah. But um, so my LVP though, and this is going to be this is going to be tough because I do love her as an actress. I just it's 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 a, it's a it's a tough casting thing that just gets in the way of my connection with some of the characters here. It's Natalie Wood, unfortunately. Wow. Um, and it's more about that specific casting. And, Daniel, you brought up a great point, is at the time, they probably needed a star. So maybe this movie wouldn't have been able to garner the budget that it got without a Natalie Wood. So I get that, but I just have a hard time connecting the dots with her. I don't believe her as Bernardo's sister. That just doesn't they don't look alike, they don't connect, they don't, there's no, they don't, there's nothing about them that's siblings to me, and her and Tony are just, at the end of the day, it's just kind of like two New Yorkers hooking up, where I, I needed more of the barrier there between the two, I needed to understand, like, 
why there's why this is 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 tough for the families to understand, and why is it's why there's a battleground over this. Is and it that just is, possibly what makes it timeless or you know approachable? Like they don't tell you what any of that is. Yeah, you're meant to either experience it face value mm-hmm. or find the meaning behind it. Yeah. I struggled with her because of that. Like, at different points, I had her in, like, where I'm thinking about her MVP, but then I'm thinking about her LVP, because I think it's tough. And I I, I want to argue with you, but I really have no arguments. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like Natalie Wood and, and all that, so it's, it's, it's tough to pick that, but I just, there was a, there were some conflicts there. Participation award. So we could give a little love to someone who was in the mix there who uh, you want to... I want to shout out a bit here. Joe, who'd you have for participation award? I want the choreographer. They went big, they went all in, and I, I just think it really worked with the score, with all the songs. You know, they had fun, they, they were serious. I just, I really think it all worked. Yeah. I went with the, uh, the dance chaperone, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a fish out of water in this movie. He had no, he was, which one of these is not like the others? He, he, I don't think he knew what movie he was in. And, no. You know, and it just totally 1,000%. I, I was laughing out loud. <laughs> today watching him the sec- for the second time uh, just laughing out loud I think he's hilarious in it and it was uh, great levity great levity for me so there you go I don't mean this disrespectfully because he is more significant as a character but I would say Doc yeah um, that's, great. He, that's a great one. I think he operated um, like almost as like the conscience of the mm-hmm. of the play and was very um, unassuming but obviously like just his uh, store was the center of so much, so I would see Doc. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, really, really smart recasting that as Rita Moreno in the new one. That Absolutely. was that was the stroke of Spielberg genius right there. That really so. could have gone south, and it worked. Oh, it worked great. I frankly thought that she deserved the nod over Ariana DeBose at the awards there too. Um, personally, I, I I just felt like Ariana DeBose didn't add anything to the to the character there. She lived up to it. She didn't take away from it, though. Like, Definitely she, didn't take away from she it. She lived but up to a very sad. hard precedent. Yeah. But she stood on the, you know, she stood on the, yeah, the but she stilts didn't fail. that... It's not her fault, She stood though. on the stilts that Rita Moreno built, though. I think she was very good. I have no issue with that. Yeah. Hot takes. I just like to toss them out there. Hey, listen, um, I said Spielberg should have won director this year, so... Yo, I'm on you? record as saying yeah, that, yeah. Wow, that's cool. You and Adam. I really enjoyed watching that film. Yeah. Time Machine Recast. Take anyone... Anywhere, anytime, plug someone out, plug someone in. Joey, I know who you took out of this. Yeah, so I am... And I'll say that I took him out too. Ah! We're we're recasting on the same one. So this is our 98th episode. I've been on a lot of these. And, you know, the one thing I've stayed super true to, even to my own detriment, is I always recast my LVP. Jose de Vega, get out of my movie. (laughs) And I found someone who's 21 years old at the time, who's actually Puerto Rican, Raul Julia. Boom, Joey. We got it. Same yes! one. Same one. <laughs> Tell me more. A young Raul Julia. Young yep. Raul Julia as Chino. Mm-hmm. I believe him as a partner for Maria. I believe him as a second to Bernardo, the leader of a gang. I believe him as an emotional actor. An emotional person reacting to the death of his dude. And I fully in... He was 21 years old. Yeah. He would have been fantastic in this. Raul Julia, uh, Danielle, you know, so you'll know him probably more Adam's as, family. as Gomez from Adam's Family. Yeah. Um, oh. Yes, yeah. Okay. So. He was also uh, Street Fighter. Bison and yeah, Street Fighter. Yeah, I don't think 
Daniel's been watching. No. He only, I mean, that's a bad movie. He did that for his kids because he was yeah. dying. But he's a fantastic actor with, and he yes. he has a lot of really good movies. And he would have he would have added a powerness to Chino, but his youth would have really love it. Yeah. So that was mine too. That's I amazing. Had, I had in there as well. But, uh, Danielle, kind of a cop out, but your beloved Riff. Not that he need be recast, but if he were to be, I would place the lip from Shameless and the lead actor in The Bear. The Bear. What's his yeah. real name? Uh, um, Jeremy. I think both, like physically and obviously, his acting capabilities out the out the roof. So I could see it looks a little bit. Jeremy like, Allen White. He's yeah. like. Uh, he's got a similar look to like a Mike Fest too. If he had like the, the tighter haircut. Um, yeah, he, but like he's a physical guy. Like he, yeah, it works. Yeah, little guy, little guy. Like, he's like a tough guy, Chamelay. Yeah, Chalamet. We're having a good time, Joe. Um, <laughs> Wait, did you just call Timothy? <laughs> the bear was fantastic, by the way. Yes. All right, cool. Very, very nice. For the musicals, we do this one too. Is we yep. go song of the movie. Yep. We do favorite song, least favorite song. Favorite song, I, Daniel. I'll go first because I think you said what yours was already. Or maybe your song. Maybe your favorite song changes all the time. It that's does it. change yeah, all the time. Um, but it's probably America. Yeah, I think that's what you I really, say. I really love it. Yeah, I'm between American Crocky, but I go, I go G Officer Crocky. That's yeah, my favorite. Okay, it's, yeah. it's, it's the most Joey song that's in any musical of all time. And for me, it's, it's the, the rumble, the rumble cries into the, you know, tonight I've done a rumble, la, ba, 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 ba. you know, we get the tonight. mixing all the, I just, that's like, yeah, it's kind awesome. of like the, the music nerd in me. I love like, I love Don't composers know. tying all the songs together and making them in the same key and doing the, the key changes. The band must have and... geeked out during those rehearsals. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's it all ties so together. much happening. Love that stuff. Love that stuff. So that's it. Least favorite song in the movie? Maria. Okay. Joey's I think Maria. it's too long. I just, I don't, it doesn't add to me believing in Tony and Maria falling for each other. And it's ju- it's just an extra four minutes in a long movie that I don't think needs to be there. I don't really like your song. <laughs> yeah, 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 you said that. No, but you said that in the, in the mix. That's the what's first, fun yeah. about the categories, Danielle. Don't feel bad about yeah, it. They're oh, letting you know the rumble's coming. You're like, oh god, not the rumble. It, it like blends and transitions into the other notes and the other song. Prog- like I, I do you like tonight when end. it's in the beginning, or do you? I don't like it at the beginning. Okay. I enjoy it at the end. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Do you enjoy it throughout? Um, tonight? No, like tonight into the, the rumble. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like those both those songs. That's that. that yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, tonight is tonight's great. Yeah, I, I agree. And I liked it up tempo. I liked it with, I agree. with some balls. You know. Yeah. Interesting that you say up tempo because so much of it is really like down tempo. Mm. So. Yeah, like when they give it some give it some balls. Uh, yeah, so, but yeah, I, I, I dug it. Um, Which least But I mean, I think with the second, the, the second place would probably be America. I mean, right, America's fantastic. Wait, my least favorite song, my least favorite song is Rita Moreno's, You Should Be With One Of Us, or not, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't. A boy I, like that. A boy like that, yeah, it doesn't make, and the song doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't, uh, I don't, I think it's contradictory completely to her character. I mean, she's berating her for being in love with a murderer where she was in love with a murderer too. I, 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 but she's I think, so upset and she ultimately like redeems I'm, that. I'm, I like the redemption character. but the song feels out of place to me. Scene of the movie. What's the scene that sticks out that you say boom this is uh, this is this is West Side Story here. <laughs> I love contrary to you apparently I love the scene between Maria and Tony in the bridal shop where they you know 
kind of like pretend they're getting married, exchange vows. Suddenly you're like in the Abbey, like Maria in the future. Like, yeah. I loved it. Cool. We're going to have a BPC first here in a little bit in one of these next categories. Yeah, I'm on your side. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's, I like it. Yeah. Love it. I think I only like it because I like Sound of Music. So. Well, anytime that I makes look sense, at, right. There's just no way to watch it, like, in order. You yeah. just don't have a chance when you, you know. Right, 100%. I think that my the scene most like that in Sound of Music is also the one that I did like, the, the gazebo. Yeah. Or the, um, or no, the 16 going on 10. Right? Yeah, the yeah, gazebo. Yeah. 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 So we're so, we gazebo. shit on that. That was the only thing we criticized pretty much. That's the only thing I well, That um, one is like ridiculous. But. So, Rolf, uh, the fucking gay. Joe, you seen the movie? The opening scene. I think that mm. lays out what it is. If you buy in, you're all in and you're going to have great time for two and a half hours. If you don't, you're out. They set up everything without saying a word. And I think that's very impressive. And I think it's very hard to do. A new little section to this that I didn't brief you on, That's fine. Danielle, which is um, good. But we, the first one is is the is the uh, the cutting room floor where we can take. We want to make the movie a little shorter. This I think is a movie that could probably be a little tighter. Um, although I think for a two and a half hour movie, I personally feel like it does move pretty good. But you could tighten it up. You Sorry, Peterson up. Hill. So we can pick a section of the movie, a scene of the movie, little bits and scenes that we can zip out of this thing, get this a little tighter. Sadly, my scene is going to be what you was your favorite scenes of the movie, the playing with the mannequins. I, I would kind of would like what's do I'm so pretty into Tony coming, being convinced. Maybe they sing a little song, and that transitions into into tonight. Tonight we're going to rumble. So that yeah. that's how I looked at it. Which I, have, I think they kind of did in the new they one. They knew right? that in the new one. That's yeah. how they clean it up. But yeah. I, I that scene and take out Maria the song. And well, I you think want to, that's you have a, to have Maria. It's kind of an iconic. Just the dancing part, part of the it's, I hate it. Take I hate it, it so much. As she is. Okay, so we do the uh, the BPC one through fives here. Performances, one to five. How do we shot? How it looks on screen, and then finally, stories, themes, and, and such for that. So five being the best. Yes. Right? Uh, yeah. One being the lowest, five being the best. So we go performances first. Job, we go first. We go four. Yeah, Rita Moreno, I, I think is just so fantastic. Riff is so fantastic. Even ones I don't love, I don't think are bad. Like, I don't think anyone takes away, like, you know, I complain about Tony, but I think he did a good job. I just think he was too happy for his reputation. I, I don't think he, I don't think the actor did a bad job. Really, my only actual complaint is Chino, so I'm, I'm comfortable with four. <laughs> Wait, how do you feel about Chino? I can't get over my LVPs. It's, it's a, it's a mighty human flaw of mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Daniel, how about you? Oh, I, I absolutely have to agree. They're the ones that are the actors and the acting that's great. It's phenomenal. And then, you know, you just the average gets brought down a little bit, but it's pretty solid still. So you're so. going four? Yeah, yeah very comfortable with four. Um, I, uh, I also am going four, and to me that's going to really be carried through with the execution of the dancing in this. I mean, it's just... I mean, every major character was asked beyond... You know, no. Granted, they weren't asked to sing, so that that always that's a that that gets a little bit of a knock for me. But the the if elaborate, they were singing, it would be a five. The elaborate, yes, and the elaborate dancing uh, mixed with and and a, and a lot of my a lot of my LVP criticisms of Natalie Wood aren't specific to her performance. It's yes. more it's more the the. The position she was put in, right? Yes. and um, I do think she does a fine job with sure. what she's given, 
And I don't really have anyone in this movie that I dislike their performance. Even Joey or LVP, which we knocked on a little bit, I think he wasn't given a great piece of the pie to work with anyway. So, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, go, I'll go a light four. I'll go a light four. That's so fair. Rita Moreno can really hammer it home there. That's... That, so yeah. um, okay, how it looks on screen, how it's shot, the cameras, the visuals. I already pretty much have answered this question. It is a five for me. There's no box left unchecked, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's an easy five. From beginning to end, the continuity, the choice of color, from even like the illustrative factors, from blue West Side Story bookmark to the end bookmark. Like for me, that structure, I need that. The panning over the city and really just like the the aerial views in general. Like I'm sure that was a big portion of their budget and and pretty innovative like that wasn't really a shot like I was just watching some like kind of cheesy show on HBO Max called Industry right it's like finance bro whatever but they love like they also do the sweeping or I think of what is that show with like gosh the the other finance guy anyway uh, it's like uh with succession yeah, succession whatever they do or like it, it seems to be like a constant pan like, from lower Manhattan upwards, right? Like, did West Side Story start that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah there's probably some influence there. But. Yeah. So that's a five. Solid. That's it's a five, five for me. You. Okay. All the way. Five. All the Joe. Five. It's just the thoughtfulness that went into everything. And, you know, everything mattering is so important. And um, everything mattered and made sense and and worked. I think they. they they made things work that could have been cheesy or failures. I, I think they just knocked it out of the park. I think it's an easy five. Yeah, I mean, cinematography is a funny thing because, like, you have your Lawrence Varadias, which are these grand sweeping scopes of the desert, and you know where, you know we're we're out in Saudi Arabia, and you know and, and, and you know magnifying all these landscapes. And then there's a movie like this where you know the camera work is so. Uh, it's so crafty and kind of understated in a lot of areas. It moves like a person. And 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 creating something so grand right. within kind of more of a set and a stage. And, and they're and, not yeah. dealing with, I don't know, like, like what are those called again? The little planes that you do your videos on? Drones. Drones. Yeah. Right. They're not doing them with drones. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's really real technical work. It takes a lot more to get that shot. Kind of how some people might compare like digital photography with manual. Yeah. Um, there's something to be said about that too, and yeah. it really stands the test of time. It does. Yeah, kind absolutely. Fully that, like, stands the test of time. I don't know, like antique furniture. It's just better quality still. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, so we're on agreement there. Now we go to themes, stories, uh, how it was told, the the word on the page, and what comes out on screen. Uh, where are we at with this one? Joe, I'll go first. I'm going to go five here. And I think this is one that will have the most variety because I think it's what we spoke about. Where you could see this and see nothing and just see people moving and whatever. Or you could see these deep, deep themes. Um, and I think there are just so many themes and there's so much to this movie more than meets the eye. And uh, I think it's a fully... For me, it's a five. Well, I'm going to take the opposite side of this one here, unfortunately, because there is 
something that has to be dinged up here. And I, I question doing it in the performances, but I don't think that's fair. Um, while I, I am very rewarded from this conversation we had today, and, there, and I think that there are palpable themes in this thing, and there's plenty of room for discourse, and, and um, there's some meat on the bone for conversation to talk about here. But there's a disconnect here with some of the development of these characters. Uh, there is a lot kind of thrown on screen that isn't really fleshed out to the word. It's a musical, so if, if this was if I'm grading this in a musical bubble, different story. Sure. Maybe this is going to be but it's a little best higher than bubble, the so. others, right? But we're in a best picture bubble here, so um, I'm going to give it a three. Okay, I'm going to give it a three. Um, I, I think that the uh, that certain characters and the connections between them should have been fleshed out. We talked in the nitpick zone about that whole major section there. I guess we maybe throw a little bit on the source material. It's an admirable adaptation of a Shakespeare play that gets you to not think about Shakespeare while you're watching it, which is definitely a, a big star in its belt. That being said, though, there there are some areas of this movie that just could have, I feel it could have been written a little better. That's fair. And it shouldn't have won screenplay, and it questionably should probably not have been nominated, but that's... Ouch. Okay, this is the section of the pod where we give our recommends. If you liked West Side Story 1961... If you didn't like it, either way, where are you going to go next? Where would we send you? Joey and Danielle, what did you guys do with this? Let's hear your recommendations for West Side Story 1961. So for my recommend, I decided to go with a movie we talked about a little bit already, um, but that I feel really fits. I'm going with Grease. Um, T-Birds and the Scorpions, a little less intense. There's... Um, a water gun that gets pulled out when there might be a rumble. So, you know, a little different, um, really fun songs. Olivia Newton-John, John Travolta, awesome. Um, so yeah, Grease. If you enjoyed West Side Story, then you have to check out A Bronx Tale. It covers that same period of time in another neighborhood in New York City, it has those Romeo and Juliet parallels and a killer soundtrack. It's not a musical, although it was later adapted into one. But that's a sidebar for another day. Okay, great call, guys. I love it. Great selections from both of you. Uh, I'm up now, and I'm going to uh, head to a movie that uh, is from the other side of the country. We're going coast to coast uh, rather than the East Coast story of trying to get out, get out and work your way out of a tough neighborhood. We're going to head over to the West Coast with it. And it is a movie that was nominated for Best Director, 1991's Boys in the Hood, directed by John Singleton. You know, listen, a tough watch here. And, you know, it's a story that is one that's that, that tugs you along by the heart and, and makes you feel a certain way. And, you know, we, we find ourselves in, in a similar situation at some points that you do in, in this one. You know, more of a uh, more of a stand-by-me coming-of-age situation than a, than a love story, but it is one that I think is an important watch and uh, I think would, would, be, would pair nicely after, after this one. So kind of uh, uh, switching up the vibes a bit as far as the structure and, and how the story's told, but one to check out if you haven't seen. I'm sure it's one that many people have heard of because it's, it's got a, a nice little fame around it, but I do believe in early episode of 1001 by one which is relaunched there i think that's up there in their feed so you can check out uh, their episode uh, their early episode on that in preparation for the 
the relaunch of that show. Okay, guys, so uh, I, I love it across the board. Great recommends. We have a, uh, a an exciting addition coming in right here. We've, the we've, secret host. Yes, we've spoken to the mystery host several he, times. He exists, everyone. Right, and he. this is not a who should have won podcast. We do like to talk about the other movies that were nominated in 1961. And you know what? Sometimes we just got to bring in a mystery guest. We have with us Mike and Mike... Welcome to Best Picture Cast for the first time. Happy to be here. Happy to be here, Karen, Joey, Danielle. <laughs> uh, I didn't think this is how I'd be making my debut, but uh, very happy to be here. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, let's let, let's get into it. What you are, didn't what think you'd doing? be making your debut? I didn't think it was the me. Other nominees in nineteen sixty one you probably have never seen. That's, this is true. You, you don't know what we're about here. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get into it. It's the beauty of the pot. This is indeed the beauty of the pot. Absolutely. Okay, and uh, before we get into it here, do we have any hot takes you want to throw out about West Side Story? The new one, the old one, whatever you have. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I've seen both. I've seen both. Um, you know, I'm sure Danielle mentioned it's one of her favorite movies, so I, I've definitely seen them. And, you know, I suppose, you know, people will say some of the songs are iconic, which I, which I would tend to agree with. Uh, I just had a tough time buying a lot of it was kind of my whole problem. Like one, especially with the new one, I realized this whole thing happens over two days and then these kids are running away together. I didn't buy the whole love connection, the whole story. I never really bought into it. So that didn't. And then just the other thing, I know it's, you know, drama and theater and, you know, musicals. So you're not going to have a gang that looks like a gang. But, like, the gangs, you know, like, have them look a little like, like, I'd be worried to see them coming down the street. <laughs> right. Well, okay, well, we discuss all of this yeah. in the episode. Yeah, all right. So you okay, have to go yeah. back right, so and see, see if our explanation holds yeah. up. It's just all too skinny. So the combined weight of that gang. You're not crossing the street for them? No, no, no. I'm walking right through that. <laughs> I'm walking right through <laughs> I mean, I outweigh the you're entire Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. You don't let them steal shrimps. I mean, I outweigh. They're not letting you steal your basketball. No. No, you're going to keep dribbling and do But anyway, all right, so let's go. Let's go. Me drunk walking home from a Oz's house after all the king's men drunk dancing what would take out all the jets. <laughs> okay, so right. the other nominees of uh, 1961, Joe, what do you have? So the first one is Fanny. Young Marius dreams of leaving his dull provincial life and seeing the world. When the beautiful Fanny declares her adoration for him, Marius must choose between an adventurous life at sea and the grandest adventure of all love. So, the director there is. Yeah, so the director is Joshua Logan, but it's starring. Some friends of ours, Kieran. Okay. Leslie Karen as Fanny. Okay. That's what I did. She was nominated for Best Actress. Yep. Uh, Maurice Chevalier as Penny. Oh, boy. The, oh, yeah. The, reu- the reuniting of, of the Gigi cast. Charles Boyer, Horst Burschultz, um, Georgette Anise. So, you know, there's it's it's a heavily French play. Um, Mike, you're running out to see Fanny tomorrow. I mean, you know, listen, the plot actually doesn't sound terrible. You know, it sounds like something we all struggle with. But yeah, I don't know, 1961. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, I don't know, probably not. Probably it's Fanny that's a no, making you watch. No, no, no. Not going to make it on Fanny. Maurice Chevalier didn't do it for you. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. Leslie right. Karen, though. So the next one, Judgment at Nuremberg. In 1948, an American court in occupied Germany tries four Nazis judged for war crimes. It is starring Spencer Tracy, Burt Lancaster, Richard Widmark, Marlene Dietrich, directed by Stanley Kramer. Okay, we got a, a, that's a Best Actor winner there. Yeah. Best Actor winner there. Um, Judy Garland in that one, too, there. Uh, Judgment in Nuremberg, might have you heard of it? I definitely heard of it. I mean, you know, I'm always good for, uh, you know... 
I courtroom mean, drama? World War II courtroom drama? Yeah. How are you not in on that? Is there any? Is there anything around that? Do they feel they got snubbed on this one, or is, was that uh, was that well, like the runner-up in the? Uh, I mean, yeah, sounds, so the big I've one, heard of it is the well, basically what I'm going on here. Yeah, so I mean, the, it won Best Actor. It was heavily favored in Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, and I think it had another nominee for acting. I think Spencer Tracy was up for yeah. actor too. But so the big one, this one is is that Mon- Montgomery Cliff was up for supporting actor, and Judy Garland. You know, Wizard of Oz and and Stars Born was up for supporting actress, and I think many people thought that they both should have gotten their makeup right. win in this, and it both went to the 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 West Side Story people. Now, in Rita Marina's case, I think she absolutely deserved it. We don't need to give Judy Garland a you know, yeah. uh, and Oscar there. But Montgomery Clift, you know, you know, we haven't covered him yet here. We will soon, but he, you know, uh, over the George Chikaris. But then I, I think there's another one here that I I would lean toward. Giving for supporting actor. Um, next is the Guns of Navarone, which I've seen. Oh. Um, yeah, it's fucking awesome. An al- a team of Allied saboteurs are assigned an impossible mission: infiltrate an impregnable Nazi-held Greek island and destroy the two enormous long-range field guns that prevent the rescue of two thousand trapped British soldiers. Directed by J. Lee Thompson, starring David Niven, BPC favorite Gregory Peck. Anthony Quinn, Anthony Quayle, Stanley Baker, James Darren. All the Anthony Q's in the mix there. And and David Niven's from uh, Around the World in 80 yep. Days fame, of course. We have that. Anything on that one, Mike? Yeah. I mean, the other thing I remember, one of my one of my top whatever movies you want to call it all time, it's uh, Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. when Samuel Jackson's picking the brains in the back of the car and he tells John Travolta he's the guns of the Navarone, right? That's, oh, that's wow. That's good, the yeah. reference. Good, good reference. And then, yeah, I mean, again, I, you know... I guess World War Two had a lot of uh, it's, it's a, a re- lot of play. Most 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 uh, depicted war. I mean, is that is that safe to say? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Absolutely, especially with quality movies. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Um, it's a really good movie. I would definitely a lot going on there in World War Two. A lot to cover. Yeah, a lot of stories. A lot of different angles. The whole the whole world's in the mix. <laughs> right. A lot yeah. of fronts. A lot of fronts. <laughs> <laughs> the last movie is the Hustler. Uh, the Hustler. Now, Mike, have you seen the Hustler? Paul Newman and yes, the, yeah. yes. I yeah. recently yeah. saw Color Money as the sequel. Yeah. Akira's yes. recommendation. Yes. yes. Right. So just give give us the, the premise here for those who know. An up and coming pool player plays a longtime champion in a single high stakes match, starring the most handsome man in the world, Paul Newman, Jackie Gleason, Piper Laurie, George C. Scott, directed by Robert Rossin. Yeah, and Robert Rossin, who directed last week's episode on All the King's Men. Uh, the Hustler, Mike. Yeah, no, I mean, you got Paul Newman, just a man's man. I'd be absurd. You know, he always wants to just go, go head-to-head with somebody. That's no, what that's it is. It. And just, I'm more that... man than you is what he's going to prove. <laughs> <in every movie. laughs> and it. if there's anything where we're talking about, like, pool hustling and just bar... Ru- I mean, any any movie scenes in a bar always win me over. Like, it works. It, it, yeah. yeah, and you get uh, you get uh, Jackie Gleason. I mean, come on. Just, yeah. Minnesota Fats. Minnesota Fats. Character, it's you know? a great movie. Um, yeah, definitely. If you haven't seen the Hustler, go check that one. That was one of my recommends in, in one of these. I think it might have. Stayed yeah, I watched there. it because of you, and I'm yeah. so happy I did. It's a really good movie. Mike, thanks for joining us. Hey. You're uh, the, the the elusive nice Mike I, N. Yeah, that's a I'm nice here. shape of water episode. It's hanging Hold over. Hold me the, back now. Hold me back. Hanging over the yeah, head. You've been involved in some of our drafts, so you have kind have of been present, but not periphery. on the microphone. So yeah, um, thanks, pleasure guys. to have you here. Thanks Appreciate for being a trooper here. We'll pass that mic off to Danielle. We'll say our goodbyes to. To Danielle, Danielle, welcome back. 
Um, you you did you did the Braveheart and you made it all the way to West Side Story. This is uh, it's been quite Long a journey last. for you. It's been a journey. What a roller coaster! Homecoming. Wait till I make you do the Great Zigfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you're gonna yeah you, with your Braveheart assignment was tough enough I think for you there. So I know that was against your sensibilities as a viewer um, with the, with all the axes. But and what it's a, a great way episode, to though. be indoctrinated. It is a great know, episode. We've heard on a lot now, and I never seem to miss it. Yeah, well, it's it's One finding of those you now. I can't yeah. escape, right? Take it away from it. I'm it's really finding you now. That's great. I'm grateful for the It's a really good time to speak with you, Karen, your dear friend, and I think it's really awesome what all of you guys are doing collectively. So happy to be part of part of this. Appreciate that. That's um, it's 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 an honor to have you here. It's an honor to have you back. I can't wait to have you on here for more. Because uh, we have lots more to cover here at, at Best Picture Cast. That's, believe it or not. Forward. You never know what's coming next here. Joe, you got uh, the Sub-50 Tournament coming up here. You think you got another win in your in your belt or what? We won't discuss what movies you picked just yet, but how are you feeling? You know, I think I've, we all make three choices. I think I have uh, one movie I think has a shot. The others were fun and the last one potentially emotional. But we'll talk about that on the recap. I yeah. mean, emotions about... You know, I'm having a baby. I guess I got a little emotional on my third pick. Yeah, but that's okay. You know, I mean, listen, I think there's some star power in there, so I don't wouldn't, no, wouldn't worry too much. Closing thoughts on, on West Side Story. Anything to, to say there? For a movie that I think in season four, season five, season six, and those 15, 30, 60, 45 rankings, and then the overall rankings, a movie that I'm going to have to defend a lot, I think we did it justice here, and we're overwhelmingly fair to it. Yeah. And I really appreciated the conversation that we were able to have and actually get into it without any, oh, but there was dancing that took away from it. Well, we got the 45 coming up here, Joe, and uh, it will be episode 100, yeah, right? It's going to be 100. 100. It's going to be very exciting. Now, it will be release 100. Right. So we have a lot of, of things that we've dropped here, some random five-minute uh, recap episodes and whatnot. But I'm, I'm excited for all this. 45 movies, we're going to rank them 1 to 45. It's going to be a, a blast here. It'll be a bloodbath. Uh, yeah, with the crew. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of fun. So um, for Danielle, for Mike, for Joe, for all the crew here at Best Picture Cast, thanks for listening, and, you know, be cool. Be cool. <laughs> West Side Story? No, sir. What? There's a character in West Side Story named Officer Krupke. Okay. You're Officer Krupke. You never heard the song? No, sir. Oh, Officer Krupke, what are we to do? Gee, Officer Krupke, Krup you. You never heard that? No. No? No. 
by the way, they wanted to say fuck you, but in the 50s oh, on wow. Broadway, Sondheim, he couldn't write fuck you. That's that, so crup you is a substitute for fuck you. Mm. Has anybody ever said crup you? No. Huh. Some guy told me to go fuck my face once. He went to jail. Okay. How much longer? Hour, maybe two. In there could be two hours. Are you kidding? I'm not gonna wait that long. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Dear kindly Sergeant Krupke, you gotta understand, it's just our bringing up key that gets us out of hand. Our mothers all are junkies, our fathers all are drunks. Golly Moses, naturally we're punks. Gee, Officer Krupke, we're very upset. Mm -hmm.